Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. You can talk about what we're talking about or bring up your own new subject. It's up to you. It's Free Talk Live. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. Sorry, Riley. Sorry about that. Riley. I didn't unmute you yet. Oh, now I'm unmuted. Sorry about it's that. It's Riley in the studio. And um, I can mute. Mike, too, because it's just Riley and I tonight. <laughs> the day today is November 23rd, 2023, and that means it's Thanksgiving. Yep, Thanksgiving across the United States where families, friends are gathering and celebrating Thanksgiving and feasting and thinking about the bounties harvest we've had as a as a people, even though we don't harvest much anymore. Yeah, I, I certainly didn't harvest anything, but... Oh I didn't God. either. I didn't either. But there are people around here who harvest, and yeah. we had some wonderful food. We actually had chickens that were made, well, you know, Not made, raised. But raised by Jay Noon, who's one of our hosts. He's usually here on Thursdays, but I told him, hey, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. You might want to, you're probably going to want to be with your family, right? And he was yeah, like, oh. That's really important. You he's know? like, oh, yeah, you're right. My wife would probably like that. <laughs> so I'm here filling in for Jay, and his chicken was, was phenomenal. He raised them himself and took care of them himself. And I bought them with Bitcoin from yeah, him. Yeah, and he's teaching his kids how to connect with with the animals that they eat so that they know where the animals are coming from. Yeah, they love working with him. I get videos. I'm in a Telegram group chat with Jay Noon where he sends videos and pictures of his kids all the time and they're always out there working. He's like, says to his little daughter, like, go open the gate and she'll like open gates and let's let chickens run out or, you know, feed chickens, pick stuff up. Like she's only, I think, three or four. And she does a lot of work on the farm with him. And that's why I'm always saying um, whenever I eat any J. Noon meat and I'm telling somebody about it, like, oh, this is raised by our friend. I'm always saying it's so much better because it's raised by little kids and Jay yeah. and his family. Yeah. And they actually love their uh, chickens that they kill. And it just tastes better. Like, seriously, the first it's time. It's raised I- with love and care is. and not like a factory farm chicken. The first time I ever had Jay Noon's bacon, it might have been Bardo Farm. I don't remember. Um, but the first time I ever had Free State or raised bacon here in New Hampshire, that was when I started to like bacon. Like before that, I didn't yeah. think I liked bacon. Yeah, see, I love bacon, so I probably would really, really love that bacon. Yeah, I haven't had that in a while. <laughs> but since today was Thanksgiving, I invited Riley over and he brought some eggnog and some stuffing. Yep. And we had lots of other food. Like we had chicken instead of turkey. Food. Bonnie likes chicken better. Yeah, I, I just don't like turkey. If somebody was going to bring turkey, that I would totally accept it. But I, I don't want to be... If I was going to make it, then I was just going to make a chicken. It, it was so good. I mean, it with lots of butter and lemon and sage and thyme, and it was amazing. Yeah. And I only mention it because that's why Riley's here with us today, and... We have a story we're going to tell you guys about that's from LP.org, which is the Libertarian Party's website. And this story was written, well, the article itself was written in 20 or 2004. I almost called it like 2004 or something like that. Yeah. And it was, a, it, it tells the story that's kind of the real story about Thanksgiving it, um, they claim, I had never heard this, but Ian told me that it's a tradition on Free Talk Live. Maybe it's not been done every Thanksgiving, but he said it used to be a tradition on Free Talk Live 
to tell this story on Thanksgiving. I think it's an important story to tell because so often we forget our history. So often we forget where we came from. And sometimes you need to acknowledge where you came from. It's important to acknowledge that this is where we came from. This is where this is where we need to look to sometimes for leadership. And But yet, you know, most people fall into the trap of, oh, well, our founding fathers did this, so therefore we need to keep America together. Hmm. No, it's about liberty. It's about personal liberty. It's about personal responsibility. And as Bonnie tells us the story, let's reflect on that. You will definitely see in this story that it's a, well, it's a lesson, as the headline of the article says, it says, The Pilgrim's Real Thanksgiving Lesson. And um, so it's definitely going to teach you something. And that it, um, the ultimate lesson in this lesson is that freedom is the answer and control, you know, top-down control is never the, the best way to do things. So let's get into it, Riley. All right. This from LP.org, The Pilgrim's Real Thanksgiving Lesson. Feast and football, that's what many of us think about at Thanksgiving. Most people identify the origin of the holiday with the pilgrims' first bountiful harvest. But few understand how the pilgrims actually solved their chronic food shortages. And I, before Ian told me about the story, I I didn't read the article yet, but Ian told me the story. I didn't know the story at all. I don't think they teach it in school. No, they really don't talk about it much in school. They they try to not talk about the real history they just try and gloss over things they i don't actually think i learned about thanksgiving basically at all in school but my even like when my mom told me the story of thanksgiving we had this little booklet that was kind of a pop-up when i was a kid that was all about the first thanksgiving well they don't mention why they were so grateful to have all this food they they make it sound like oh they just did this every year or something or they just felt like doing or it. or they made a trade with the natives here yeah, and I don't know if that's still involved, but basically we're going to get into it, but it's going to explain that it, it was kind of a fail of something like socialism and then a correcting with freedom that ended up giving them a food um, surplus. So it says many people believe that after suffering through a severe winter, the pilgrims' food shortages were resolved the following spring when the Native Americans taught them to plant corn and a Thanksgiving celebration resulted. In fact, the pilgrims continued to face chronic food shortages for three years until the harvest of 1623. That's a long time without food. Yeah. They couldn't go to the grocery store, that's for sure. Yeah. They were dying all the time, getting sick and getting cold. I don't know which state this was, Massachusetts? It was Massachusetts, yeah. So south of us. It says, bad weather or lack of farming knowledge did not cause the pilgrims' shortages. Bad economic incentives did. In 1620, Plymouth Plantation was founded with a system of communal property rights. Food and supplies were held in common and then distributed based on equality and need as determined by the plantation officials. People received the same rations whether or not they contributed to producing the food, and residents were forbidden from producing their own food, which is crazy. It is crazy, and it sounds like they tried to live a communal lifestyle, like a, like a biblical lifestyle or something like that. Hmm. I actually have learned recently in a book that's about the Gospel of Thomas, She talks a little bit generally about early Christianity. And one thing I found really striking and cool 
was that they did a lot of stuff voluntarily and it shocked the other cultures around them. They're like, yeah, look at these Christians. They are sharing and taking care of the poor. And, you know, they're not taking it out of basically like taxes. They're not being forced to do it. They're doing it out of the kindness of their heart for their brothers and sisters. And that's what should, that's what we should all do. It's, right. It should be a voluntary act, not a taxation act. Or a um, act that people are using force against other people. Right. So where was I? It says um, that plantation... Okay, sorry. People received the same rations whether or not they contributed to producing the food and residents were forbidden from producing their own food. Governor William Bradford, in his 1647 history of Plymouth Plantation, wrote that this system was found to breed much confusion and discontent and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort. And to retard means to slow down. Mm -hmm. So like that slowed down um, people's work ethic. And um, if they would have just worked, it would have (laughs) comforted and benefited them much. But since they didn't have the right incentives, it wasn't working out for them. The problem was that young men that were most able and fit for labor did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without any Recompense. Recompense. I'm not sure you say that word. I think it's recompense. Recompense. Yeah. That sounds right. Because of the poor incentives, little food was produced. Faced with potential starvation in the spring of 1623, the colony decided to implement a new economic system. Every family was assigned a private parcel of land. They could then keep all they grew for themselves, but now they alone were responsible for feeding themselves. While not a complete private property system... The move away from communal ownership had dramatic results. I wonder what exactly kept it from being completely private. Was it just that like the government still could control their land if they I'm, wanted to? I'm guessing so because maybe they thought that would be better. It's the only system they're used to. Yeah, and, and, and their system before was definitely worse. Yeah, they were under a king. It says that this change, Bradford wrote, had very good success, for it made all hands very industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. Giving people economic incentives changed their behavior. Once the new system of property rights was in place, the women now went willingly into the field and took their little ones with them to set corn, which before would allege weakness and inability. I wonder what that means. Like, they would be admitting that their system didn't work. Yeah, yeah, or they were... Or maybe some of the women were like, oh, we're just too tired. Or some mm-hmm. of the people were just too tired. We're too tired to work. We should just be lazy. Yeah. They, and they don't want to work for other people's wives and children, yeah. I guess. Which, honestly, it's and that may sound selfish, but I don't really blame them for it. People shouldn't have to work People shouldn't overtime. be forced to work for someone else they don't want to work for. Right. They should do everything they want to do for themselves and their families and then have energy left over to help the people in need who aren't part of their families and that they want help. It says, once the pilgrims in the Plymouth plantation abandoned their communal economic system and adopted one with greater individual property rights, they never again faced the starvation and food shortages of the first three years. It was only after allowing greater property rights that they could feast without worrying that famine was just around the corner. We are directly Direct beneficiaries of the economic lessons the pilgrims learned in 1623. Today we have a much better developed and well-defined set of property rights. Our economic system offers 
incentives for us in the form of prices and profits to coordinate our individual behavior for the mutual benefit of all, even those we may not personally know. It's like we were talking about yesterday, that the more people work and make um, profits for themselves, all it does is help everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Those people are able to spend at other people's businesses. Right, and they're able to make more money for people. They're able to provide to a community of people, and that's how we work together is voluntarily. Yep. says, it is customary in many families to give thanks to the hands that prepared this feast during the Thanksgiving dinner blessing. And Riley started a tradition here at um, our house where we're, we went around the table and said what we're thankful for in general. Which yeah, is it, was nice. a, it was a nice tradition. I think it's an important tradition to have to reflect on what we're grateful for from time to time. And when you do that, we really look at our lives and realize, you know, we've come a long way. Our ancestors did not have as much as we did. I mean, think about the people who came here first, the the pilgrims in yep. the 1600s. They didn't have much. I've, Yet, look at our lives. We have plenty. I definitely mentioned Ian and all things Ian related. Right. Riley mentioned Free Talk Live. I'm grateful for the opportunity to freely speak on the air as much as we still have that right. Um, you don't have the right unless you um, fight for it. And and you have to fight for it sometimes. Yep. If Free Talk Live goes off the air, ladies and gentlemen, who are you going to call into anytime you want to tell anyone listening on the radio airwaves what you're thinking that day exactly and free talk live is unique in that way is we allow you to call in at 603-283-6160 and take control of the airwaves and tell us what you really think about whatever you want to talk about yep and um there's no taboo topics or subjects that you're not allowed to bring up here on free talk live you just can't cuss and say things that are not fcc friendly so yeah we're thankful for all you guys listening and we're thankful for the platform Free Talk Live that Ian created. And I just think that's a really great new tradition. So, moving on. It says, It is customary in many families to give thanks to the hands that prepared this feast during the Thanksgiving dinner blessing. Perhaps we should also be thankful for the millions of other hands that helped get the dinner to the table. The grocer who sold us the turkey, in my case. The chicken. Yeah, the turkey. Jay Noon growing his chicken. Yep, the Jay Noon that sold us the turkey the truck driver who delivered it to the store, and the farmer who raised it all contributed to our Thanksgiving dinner because our economic system rewards them. That's the real lesson of Thanksgiving. The economic incentives provided by private competitive markets where people are left free to make their own choices and make bountiful feasts possible. And that's a really nice story. It is a nice story. It's a nice story to help us reflect on... What we've been blessed with, really, as a as a group of people. I mean, we have plenty here in America. That's not to say we don't have our personal struggles and we always want more to help our lives be more comfortable. It's just sometimes it's nice to pause and reflect and say thank you. I agree. And um, I think that we should read more stories like this on Free Talk Live. It may not be news, but it brings up really important lessons that um, maybe some people had never heard that story. And right, maybe, and maybe we can take time to pause and think and say, wait, I've never thought about it this way before. Maybe it, um, you know, sends home a message to them in a way that we hadn't been able to get across before with just our opinions on a news story. Um, like, one thing that it made me think of is the story I Pencil. It's a very kind of, like, 
one of the first things you'll read if you become a libertarian and somebody's and you're like, what should I read like to become a libertarian? Have you ever read that, Riley? I have not. I probably should. But it's an interesting from what I remember hearing about it. It's an interesting tale about how the pencil is created, how that simple instrument that we write with in math class or whatever is created. It's going to sound silly, but that book made me cry. It just wow that book. I love it so much because it just tells the story of how the whole world could be at peace and the amazing like human nature that is involved in free trade and um, cooperation. It's it's I'm almost like tearing up right now. It's and they use the pencil as just such a simple. It's almost you don't even think about it whenever. Well, you do not think about it when you're holding a pencil. Right. You don't really think about what went into the pencil. You just think right. about it as a simple little object. Um, yeah, you don't think about everything that went into it. Like you said, um, the book goes into like, if if you're the country, Joe is here, by the way. Excellent. The country that created the rubber is probably a whole different country and a whole other part of the world that created the wood and the metal and all in the lead all in one device. Um, let me unmute you there. There you go, uh, Joa. Oh, thank you very much. Joa <laughs> was just in some traffic, and I guess you were out celebrating Thanksgiving too. Correct. Yep. It was. I saw like several accents on the way. It was crazy. Oh wow! Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the time. It's, it's when everyone's leaving. <laughs> Maybe like drinking. Probably. I and don't know. Super full and tired. Yeah, that happens. Hmm. Well, I hope everybody listening is safe. Um, yeah, I hope you're safe with your families and your families are all getting along and your friends are all getting along. Yep. Yeah. Don't <laughs> call in at 603-283-6160 if you're driving, probably. Yeah, yeah. please don't. Good <laughs> idea. But, um, so we were talking, Joa, have you ever read the book, I Pencil? No, no. Oh, really? It's just the story of how a one little simple object got put together oh yes i know this concept of the story yeah i think i get what you're saying yeah and we were bringing it up because we talked about a story from lp.org this article was written in 2004 and it tells the true story of thanksgiving how the reason that they were celebrating having a really great harvest is because they had been living in a communal type of setting in in massachusetts where they were like oh Yeah, it's centrally controlled and we'll hand out food based on equality. And right, and it failed. That didn't yeah, work. Yeah, it didn't work because it doesn't work that way. No. Wrong incentives. <laughs> so they'd switched it to basically private property and everybody works for themselves and they did so much better they had a feast about it. But but they were so thankful though. <laughs> I'm sure they were if they were getting someone else's labor. Yeah. I think that's the beauty that we understand is that freedom works when you allow people to really be free to live their lives in such a way that doesn't harm you or anyone else then it's really a mark on a society that it's growing and flourishing when they realize that hey we gotta let each other live free oh for sure yeah you can't force conformity it's simple it really is that easy just let people live their life yeah Yeah. I, i think so too and riley mentions in a way that doesn't hurt others i think the thing people get hung up on is they believe that if someone else is free, they're going to come after me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, how, are, how am I, am I going to keep myself safe? And I really, I just believe that it's in hum, human beings' nature when they're not being oppressed and dumbed down 
um, to be good people and not just try to hurt other people to get their way. Basically, don't legitimize the state. Yeah. yeah. Don't you, give it a reason you, why it should exist. If you approach people like they're always going to harm you, then you're going to view the world like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to harm me. I need to hide from the world. And yeah, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live like, oh my God, everyone's going to harm me. I'd rather live in such a way that says, you know, I'm going to approach the world as though every person is trying to be good in some way. I believe it. I want to know what Cynthia thinks. Cynthia, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, hi. I just think uh, we should be reminding people about the history of uh, Marine Major General Smedley Butler. Are you familiar with him? Yes. Yeah, he He's wrote War is a Racket. War is a Racket, yep. Right. So I'm thinking something far more effective than hundreds of thousands of people in the street would be uh, an ongoing campaign of two or three people politely standing where people can sit as they approach any military base, any Zionist church, uh, all the home offices of the members of Congress, and probably a dozen other places, with just quiet, peaceful signs saying, remember Major General Smedley Butler, because most people have never heard of him. Hmm. Yeah, they really and, haven't. And uh, I, I've... Uh, uh, surprised when a couple of people who had were criticizing him because of his long military career. Well, sometimes you have to be in the thick of it to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. And he correctly identified it was the Wall Street bankers. Makes sense. And that group, people pushing all the wars, and that our constitutional responsibility for our military is to stay home and protect our borders. And I know that y'all are libertarians, but <laughs> um, and I am too, somewhat. Um, I'm in San Francisco. You have to be something here. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, to to give the argument about the borders and as being a libertarian or anarchist type uh, is that uh, it. I believe that you know bad people should be you know excluded from society, and I don't like the idea of an open border. Like you know, in the sense of you know letting all the criminals come in but i like the idea that people have the freedom to you know come uh, go into if they're you know innocent people it's yeah i don't want to be held in what if i want to leave yeah. 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 I, yeah thank you so much for the call cynthia do you have anything else you want to bring up well i, I want to say that the uh um, i'm, I'm going to put widow. you on hold sorry about that i was just asking if there if there was anything else but i'll get i'll talk to you on the break 603-283-6160 it's free talk live more coming up This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call. That is 603-283-6160. We actually have a caller still on the line. But I wanted to tell you really fast that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. What about paying your bills? Spritz.finance Finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Joa. And I'm moving on to Cynthia in California. Cynthia, you had another topic you wanted to bring up with us. What's on your mind? Well, um, I was hearing an interview of Dr. Rima Labow, L-A-I-B-O-W, who's the widow of Major of uh, General Stubblevine, uh, Albert Stubblevine. You you might have be aware of him through the through the book of Men Who Stare at Goats. Hmm. He was this military CIA. intelligence, and he was kind oh, of different. Okay, so he yeah, and Sarah Goats, one of the people who were doing um, remote viewing. Um, yeah. That might have been one of the things too, right? Oh, huh. yes. Okay, but uh, she had uh, she's a physician, and she had an international clientele. And about twenty years ago, one of, of the people she was seeing, who was the head of state, told her that it was about time for the great culling, meaning that they felt like ninety percent of the people of the planet were taking up their resources. Okay. And they wanted these people gone. And so she and General Subblevine became active in alternative health and started trying to find ways to deal with this issue. He, he died. But she, she's making the assertion now that um, of the people being, come, being brought across the border, um, that there are thousands of U.N. troops who are not in uniform, military-aged men in fit condition, not being accompanied by families, and that they're actually United Nations troops. He says, I think the United Nations is controlled by the city of London banksters and uh, their proxies, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, I think this is uh, a very serious and, uh, so issue in that she dressed... might have the kind of connections to get this kind of information when you and I don't. Is she dressed as, or, I mean, are they dressed as UN, like they have something no. on their shirt that says UN or? No. That's really weird. What would, I wonder why they would do that. It's an interesting story. You would think like yeah. UN members, like high people in UN, would be able to just get into the United States pretty easily. I, I don't know. Without well, doing we, all that. we they know that down in Panama there were United Nations paid for camps where thousands and thousands of people were gathering and then being bussed up to our border. There's there's a lot of uh, of reporting on that now uh, through some of the the red state uh, stations. Right, whatever uh, happens have, uh, whenever they get here, like, is anything specifically bad happening or are they just going and working at, like, you know, taco places and 
They're being sequestered in hotels separate from us. Okay, why? Forever? Well, why would you think? I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I, I want to know if it's even happening. I, yeah. I, I, I think that it qualifies as a probable invasion. But if and they're invading, how come... Done under the radar. What would be their motivation to invade us, though? Oh, why? Um, I think that uh, the British crown has always meant to take this country back over. I believe that to a little bit of a degree. Yeah, I mean, but it's an interesting idea. The Pilgrim Society idea. founded in 1903, um, and an American version founded uh, the next year. Um, uh, P- British Pilgrim Society actually masquerades as a dinner as a dinner club but yes, in fact right. if you look at the people who have been members what they're doing is they're networking in a surreptitious manner and it includes high-level u.s military officers who often end up in some of their subsidiaries like the atlantic council right the, the uh, council on foreign relations all, all of these organizations that actually do not intend to promote american sovereignty I just I I totally could believe that uh, that the um, United Kingdom wants to take over the United States again. Honestly, that isn't a far stretch or anything to me. I'm just a little confused about. Well, there are people, just regular people or military aged men or anything like that, from Panama, from Central America, who are coming here not to live a better life or anything. They're coming in in an invasion type level like that many yeah, people I and then i i don't see them like i even lived in texas for five years and i don't i mean i knew plenty of people who were illegal aliens but they're like working at restaurants thank you so much for the call uh cynthia i just don't see why even if it was true that like people have been busting from panama i don't it doesn't scare me it doesn't make me feel like there's some kind of issue i just feel like it's either not happening and it's you know i don't see that it's going to be uh, military in the streets type of uh, scenario. I don't see that. Maybe I'm playing a little bit ignorant to that, but I do think it's going to be a new sort of war of sorts, and it's not going to be as like violent as people maybe might a cyber envision war. It. You think? Yeah, I think that's going to be part of it, and it's like they'll attack people's like bank accounts and stuff like that, like on a but massive the scale. Do that themselves. They don't need to buzz people in. Yeah. Right. I don't think I, I just don't think like boots on the ground is going to be a scenario we see. And if it is going to be a scenario, it's because it's particular areas like maybe Baltimore or Minneapolis or something like that, where it's really heavy uh, protests and like it just goes out of control. Yeah, I feel like they do that themselves already. Oh, sure. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, really yeah. make the news anymore. They justify the state is like what I like mm, to say. I agree. Um, in the same vein, there is a news story from ABC News. Apparently today. Pro-Palestinian protesters disrupted Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I didn't hear about this at all. Um, I didn't hear about it either. Well, I right. did. But I, because I brought it in, but I didn't hear about it anywhere else on except through that. So you went looking? Yeah, so I had to go find it. Yeah, it says protesters glued themselves to the parade route. That is shocking. That is a little shocking. I mean, why would <laughs> anyone want to glue themselves to a parade route? It's been a trend Pers- with these like far lefties where... Yeah, it's been uh, a trend with the environmental to... protesters where they want to glue, glue themselves to a, a runway in an airport or okay. whatever. Yeah, like it, they they did it to like a gallery, like a, a maybe it was at the Louvre. Uh, yeah, but didn't they throw tomato soup at, or did they actually glue their hands to something? Maybe well, both. Uh, I think that those that painting was actually 
uh, covered so that yep. whatever tomato soup, soup didn't mean anything. Yeah. But it's just about the, you know, attention. And they got it because mm-hmm. I paid attention. Yeah. And uh, do I care? No, actually, I kind of support oil now. Thank you. <laughs> what did they like, uh, <laughs> glue themselves to at the Louvre? I, I think you're right, but I don't remember what to it was. the floor, I think. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they throw the tomato soup and then they glue their hands to the floor to try to get unable to get taken away that's so stupid yeah. like okay you're gonna get a little layer of your hand ripped off i do like how they get elaborate sometimes some of these like tree huggers and the the oil pipeline ones where they they made this like contraption where they handcuffed themselves and then they plastered over it and then they like sealed it inside of a box so that the the government can't just like unhook them mm-hmm. it's so hard for them to like get them out you mm-hmm. know i don't like it i think, I think it's, it's funny i don't know if i like it either i mean it's funny it's an effective way to protest. It's just not my method of protest. Is it really effective, though? I mean, it's yeah, getting it's attention. It's getting attention. I think it's really, the soup thing really turned people against them. Like, personally, I don't care about the argument like PETA versus the world. But that made me have an even worse um, taste in my mouth for them because it was like, you're going to try to destroy something beautiful and not yours just because some other people that are t- completely unrelated are killing cows. Yeah stupid yeah it is a little stupid it was not a good protest in my opinion and most people really like reacted that way but moving on to this pro-palestinian protest at the macy's thanksgiving day parade it says the macy's thanksgiving sorry the macy's thanksgiving day parade was temporarily halted when a group of about 30 pro-palestinian protesters ran into the street and apparently glued themselves to the pavement of the parade route in new york city and i do want to say cynthia thank you for calling but we only do one call a day because it's just the only way that it'll work it's the one rule we have on free talk live and um if you had more you want to say about that you can always call in tomorrow on and we Saturday, really appreciate actually. it oh yeah sorry not tomorrow tomorrow's a, a um pre-recorded show but on saturday thank you riley it says the protesters these pro-palestinian protesters at the macy's thanksgiving day parade were demonstrating along sixth avenue when a handful of them jumped to the barricades and ran into the street along 49th street do you guys know exactly where it is i know it's in New York City, but... I don't they know all, exactly where it is now. It looks all the same to me. <laughs> it, oh, it says here. It says Manhattan. Okay. And yeah, I don't know much about it at all, um, or about the geography there. It says, the protesters were demonstrating along 6th Avenue when a handful of them jumped the barricades and ran into, oh yeah, the street along 49th Street. In videos posted online, protesters can be seen demonstrating on 6th Avenue near 34th Street. They chanted, no more nickels, not another dime, no more money for Israel's crimes. And I, I totally like agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a nice chant. <laughs> have a story for me and we can get into next if you guys want that talks about how Gaza is basically like the surface of the moon at this point and uninhabitable. Oh, wow. oh yeah. It is that. bad. Yeah. It's in total rubble. It also, the, another thing they were chanting, uh, they were saying, free, free Palestine. So free, free, like twice. Yeah. They were also holding up Palestinian flags and papers that said genocide then, genocide now. And I I got to agree that killing a whole entire ethnic group of people is genocide. Whether you say, oh, well, they killed, what was it? I can't even remember. Seven civilians? Or am I wrong? No, is that was, really low? It was definitely low. It was over, I think, around two or 3,000 people that, got, that uh, Hamas killed. Oh, well, I thought that... I I'm I guess I'm probably seeing some like maybe misinformation back and forth, but I thought that Hamas didn't kill very many people, and that the Israeli Defense Force killed a lot of people 
I it's mean, hard to like really know what's going on over there because who, I don't know who's telling the truth. And I right. really, that is true. really wish I could know right. who's telling the However, truth. However, I have seen some pictures of Gaza and it is completely destroyed. Even if you can tell me that there's no doubt in anyone's mind, everyone knows that Hamas, a terrorist group, came and killed 2,000 people in Israel. It doesn't defend absolutely leveling Gaza, a yeah, place right. that had... Really Let's take out a bunch of innocent people now. Like, you know... Maybe there is some aggressors out there that need some justice, but you don't take out a bunch of innocent people, women, kids, and and innocent men, whatever. It's just terrible. I'm going to look at the population of Gaza. (laughs) Probably zero. 22, just so we could see it. 1.99 million. So that's how many people lived in Gaza. That's a little over the population of New Hampshire. Yeah, and are you going to tell me that it's totally... Fine to kill 1.99 million people, or at least try basically to. try to, because yep, they, they want to eradicate them completely. They're like changing the goalposts. They'll be like, "All right, go south." But Bonnie, this argument has gone on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Somebody's got to have some justice here. I, I don't see how any of this is justice. Um, some people are saying, "Oh, well, you can't call it Gaza citizen innocent since they voted for Hamas apparently democratically." Well, there are babies. Babies aren't right. uh, yeah. ever guilty of anything that their parents are doing. There are also, you know, like women who aren't voting. It's just absolutely ridiculous. There are just people, there are probably some people who voted for the other party. There, there are people who did vote for Hamas, but wouldn't have wanted them to kill 2,000 Israelites. It's just ridiculous. Like, the only people that are guilty of a crime are the people who th- committed the crime, in my opinion. If, I think if any, anyone that joins into war... Is basically committing a crime. Right. I like, I don't think any war is good. Yeah, I think killing in war is murder, and there's not some other word for it. Like, did you know that legally, if you kill someone during war, it's not legally the same thing as murder? I'm not surprised. I forget what. Ian, Ian was just telling me the other day. It's like something like military-induced killing or something like that. Uh, not military, but... They're all fodder, you know? They, and if you're in, if you're a soldier right now and on the battle fields listening you're you are just a pawn to the people up top that's it they don't care they about don't, you. yeah they really don't care they about don't you don't care who you are they'll control your life yeah, you're, they, you're just a drop in a bucket to them you're the pawns like in chess you're their dogs that they're sicking on their enemies and they don't care about you and you're not doing anything for the good of your family and friends at home either moving on this story says the protesters are later heard yelling viva viva palestine it okay I was going to say, isn't that Spanish, but whatever. Yeah, this is a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am i don't want to take sides in this war because, I, like I said, I don't know who the good guys are. So I'm not pro-Palestine, I'm not pro-Israel, but I do support free speech. And Viva Palestine? like, Well, look, I believe in free speech, too. I just don't think that it's appropriate to take over a private event. I right. Mean, they technically Macy's, oh, yeah. this big corporation, had the rights to that road right <laughs> yep, there at did. that time. I don't know. They might have gotten just like a government uh, permit. Like um, Ian and I were walking around giving people, um, what is the word? They were secession pamphlets at this event that was going on in Concord one day. Yep. And a man came up to us and was like, we don't want you to do that here. We got a permit to do this event. And Ian just said, 
I don't need a permit to do this. So yeah, thank we you. don't need permits to hand That's out flyers. Or no, thank you. And I was like, when we left, I was like, Ian, you've never been sexier to me than when you told that guy <laughs> you don't need a permit. Um, so I don't know. I, I I can't say whether or not this is a right or wrong thing to do for the protesters to be protesting at an event. It's not. I don't think it's necessarily private. They probably got a permit from the government. I don't know. I don't know exactly. It's really Macy's. shut down. Macy's really takes over the whole area. So it's like. It's probably yeah. annoying if you yeah. live there. Oh, yeah. But that's what you kind of move there for, too. Yeah. You know, you move there. You, move, you live in you New York for that. the action, the glamour, the city that never sleeps, the enjoyment of it all. And to get mugged? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and to smell pee on the subways. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, but we do have a caller on the line. I'm going to go to Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, what's on your mind? Thank you there, Miss Bonnie. And I believe that, is that Brother Riley? It is. And who would the other gentleman be? It's Joa. Pleasure, Joa. Been a while. Yes. Miss Bonnie, I got quite a bit to talk about, but I think you can bear with me. Now, you said something about the British, and that's going to come in. Now, a while back when I talked to Brother Ian that Thursday night, the night that uh, the morning that uh, Egypt and Saudi Arabia joined BRICS. Now, I'm going to rehash this a couple of points. I made a famous prediction. My okay. prediction was, I'm gonna, I got a reason for this. Now, my prediction was in 2025, around July, all prices are going to go sky high. The biblical epic proportions, and then at the end of 2025, the dollar will fall. And by the end of the first quarter of 2026, we're going to become a third world country. Now, you made me think of something you said about the British. Now, I did my analysis of the players. I said the British have always been the placemen. You know what, Miss Bonnie? First of all, you may be very right. When we're in an economic oblivion, that might be a very good time for them to move in. And I'll tell you something else. I've been saying around to people around me, you know, first of all, Yahweh was wrong. That's number one. Number two, uh, Netanyahu is going to have to get back to land. Number three, when this is all over, I see Palestine joining BRICS. Hmm. I okay. If they, I don't know. Will they still be around? Will they be completely genocided? Will they have, you know, the ability to contract with people like that? It seems yeah. like Israel's on route to just, you know, destroy them all. I think Israel made well, it we worse. Well, we can't interfere because it'll be World War Three. Well, that's now, what, the, that's you, what they're leading to. Left. We are getting involved. Well, I don't say we. Don't put me in that we. But yeah. they're, they're getting involved. They're doing it. It's escalating. And it's, yeah, maybe Gaza's gone, but these people are not. We've seen this in other countries where, you know, these generations are going to fight for their for their livelihoods back there. Uh, it, it's like a, gener- call it generational trauma. You know, it's like PTSD handed yep. down to the kids, to the kids, to the kids. This is not going to end. Like, they, they've done some damage to humanity and these people are going to retaliate they're going to what do you ever call it maybe jihad mm. they're they're butts you know yep i do have one more important thing to say miss bonnie now i refrain from saying this on the air now these three predictions they will happen and they must happen it was a plan ever since great britain left the eu to protect the pound sterling. i wasn't going to say this on the air but there's only one thing that the United States can do to stop these three predictions. And I'll tell you what it is. And I wasn't going to say it on the air. It's the worst players ever. It's going to be Russia, China, and Iran, and ourselves. And that's the United States start World War Three. That's huh. the only thing that will stop these three predictions. I promise you I'm correct. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for the call, Ricky. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't really have much to say about it. I, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't have my tarot cards yeah, with me. Yeah, I don't have my tarot cards or crystal <laughs> well, balls or things like that. So. Well, you heard it here on Free Talk Live, uh, Ricky's prediction. Yeah, Ricky's yeah. right then. You owe Free Talk Live an AMPS membership. And AMPS, <laughs> is, it stands for Amplify Market, Promote, and Support. And I'd like to thank Ken Covey, who is a gold-level amplifier with us at free talk, or sorry, amps.freetalklive.com. That means that Ken is giving at least $10 a month to the AMPS program, and that means he goes on there and gets his perks and benefits for being an amplifier. And I'd like to thank you so much, Ken Covey, for being an amplifier with us. And if you would like to join him to support the show, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. So, yeah, if, if if Ricky's predictions are right, you, listener, you owe us an amplifier membership. I think it's a up. good deal. Yep. It's a good deal. I mean, the it's world might be ending. situation. The world may be completely over if, if he's right, but <laughs> yeah. either way, you still owe us. Officials said that the protesters were taken into custody at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Palestinian protesters gluing themselves to the ground. I'm trying to think of some sort of alliteration to write down when I have it here, I said, pro-Palestinian protesters pull, and I'm, lock- I'm stuck there. I feel like Captain could do it. Yeah, he probably could. <laughs> He's like that. Okay, so President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden called into the parade to give their thanks and urged Americans to come together. Mm. We have to remind ourselves how blessed we are to live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the president said. Today is about coming together, giving th- Oh, wait, we live in Argentina? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm looking up uh, Javier. Yeah, stories. he's actually supposed to be visiting America. Oh, oh really? Yeah, uh, wow. tomorrow. That's I crazy. hope that's not when they kill him. Yeah. Well, I, it's going to be weird because Trump is uh, talking about visiting him. Well, which is weird because it's like uh, Trump isn't really Trump believes he's the president still. So yeah, he does. Oh yeah. Sorry about that, President Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill us. <laughs> I was joking about that being the greatest nation. They have hyperinflation, so there isn't a greatest nation on the face of the earth right now, I don't think. It's not that I know of. They said, today is about coming together, giving thanks for this country we call home. Um, Jill and, and Joe Biden are saying this. And thanks to all the firefighters, police officers, eh, first responders, and our troops, eh, some of whom are stationed abroad. Yeah, and it's your fault. Yeah, it's still their fault. They're <laughs> making people fight in wars that... They're it's not the, going to fight themselves. It's not hyperbole, too. Yeah. Yeah. He says it a lot. Wait, who does? Biden. Really? I, I'm not, it's, it's not hyperbole, either. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I hadn't heard him say that. That's so annoying. <laughs> the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade took place in 1927. It's been a holiday tradition ever since. I actually didn't think about it at all today until I saw Riley's show prep, but when I was growing up, my mom would always turn it on, and I did think it was fun see Hello Kitty or <laughs> SpongeBob, stuff like that. <laughs> the floats they have are usually pretty good. I mean, I, I've never really cared much about the rest of it. There's always a bunch of liberal propaganda. At least that's what my parents would start saying. I didn't watch any TV, but I did have a great view of a lake. Oh, today? Yes. Nice. Um, in New Hampshire? Yes. Nice. Yes, Lake Winnipesaukee. Nice. I have seen that lake one time ever, and it really is really impressive. Ian and I, I, sometimes the pictures pop up on my phone. We were just driving around there. We had dropped my friend off who was staying at an Airbnb in um, 
I think it's called. It's not Grafton. It starts with a G and it's up there. I, I almost want to say Gadsden or something like that, but it's not that. Um, over in the Lakes region and Guilford. Guilford. That's where I was. And um, there was such a pretty um, view when we we're driving past when Pasaki as the sun was setting and those pictures still pop up on my phone. That is a really nice, pretty impressive oh, yeah. lake in New Hampshire. More coming up on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. You can tell us what you're grateful for. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. you control and 603-283-6160 is that phone number you can call if you'd like to get in on the conversation with us it's 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie riley and joa and we've been talking tonight about well it's thanksgiving so we started off talking about the real story of thanksgiving and how broken financial or economic incentives we're making people poor in. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the turkey coming to save America. Yeah, in where, where <laughs> what was the name of that place? It wasn't Plymouth Rock, but it was where some pilgrims lived in Massachusetts. I think it was Plymouth Rock. Oh, it was yeah. yeah. Well, they first uh, uh, touched down in Provincetown, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't really want to stay there because it was not comfortable. Hmm. So they went a little bit further, and they found Plymouth Rock, and you can go visit the rock today. Yeah. I've always heard about The Rock. Nikki said, growing up in Massachusetts, they always went to, um, what's it called, field trips in school mm-hmm. to that rock. Yeah. It doesn't sound very fun. But <laughs> um, we were talking about how the pilgrims used to do kind of a socialist order where everyone was just given the fruits of other people's labor according to quote-unquote equality. And then when they switched to private property, People being able to work as much as they wanted for themselves and um, make as much food as they wanted to feed themselves. They had such a surplus that they had a feast, and that's where Thanksgiving comes from. Yep. That's what we started off talking about tonight. We also talked about some pro-Palestinian protesters um, at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I wanted to bring in this article, or bring or bring up this article. Um, I think Riley also brought it in. From The Guardian that says OpenAI was working on advanced model and OpenAI is a company that work, yep. does um, they, They're AI working chatbots. on AI chatbots and people are concerned about AI chatbots. So I figured I'd bring this in. We were talking about AI last night because um, because a group of writers and artists are trying to get together to petition the the copyright office to, to regulate, it. regulate cop, the AI. Yeah. 
Right. And, and this article says OpenAI was working on advanced models so powerful it alarmed the staff. Reports say new Model Q fueled safety fears with workers airing their concerns to the board before CEO Sam Altman's stacking. Whoa, Sam Altman, Sam Bankman. Mm-hmm. All Pretty these similar names. Yeah. Scam Altman, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Sca- scam uh, bankster f- uh, fraud. Right? Yeah, it's Captain's name for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't thought of scam the whole time until Captain did. OpenAI was reportedly working on an advanced system before Sam Altman's sacking that was so powerful it caused safety concerns among staff at the company. I guess he got fired. Safety concerns. Yep. The artificial intelligence model triggered such alarm with some OpenAI researchers that they wrote to the board of directors before Altman's dismissal, warning it could threaten humanity, Reuters reported. Hmm. The model called Q and pronounced, oh, there's an asterisk. I didn't really notice. It's calling it, says, it Q? Um, it's Q star and pronounced as Q star. It says, I didn't notice the asterisk, I, I guess. Q star. Was yeah. able to solve basic math problems it had not seen before, according to the tech news site, The Information, which added that the pace of development behind the system had alarmed some safety researchers. Hmm. Well, imagine your job as being a safety Because it, thing, it was figuring something out without being taught it, right? So yeah. that's intelligence. Yeah. Or some sort. Maybe. Um, They've already achieved this in the past, but what I'm saying is that they had concerns because of the probably capabilities of where it could go from there. Who achieved it in the past? Um, They've trained AI to learn on its own. Mm -hmm. So... It's that's the scariest part about AI is like once you once you train AI to train itself, that's the biggest threat. It's sort of like the government once <laughs> once uh, we're educated, it's we're the biggest threat. Hmm. You know, it's and that's the same thing with AI. It's like once it's trained, it's the biggest threat. Like it could disrupt all kinds of things. I don't know. It, there's endless possibilities where an a, out of control AI could go, and hmm. uh, there was a movie called Transcendence with Don, Johnny Depp. And I hate that movie. On, honestly, like that's that's pretty accurate to uh, out of control AI yeah. without like that weird physical aspect, right? Yeah, the, the the AI in that movie was making clones, but I think what Joe is saying is correct. It's what I think about a lot. I've seen that movie and. Um, I think about how immediately the first thing he wanted was um, them to make him a the AI wanted the humans he was that were working with him to make him like a account or whatever, give him the ability to trade on the stock market, and he like did all kinds of crazy. Well, he just trades. needed access to the internet. He did that, oh, that all on it? his own. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and, and then he got really rich and bought a whole town in like Eastern Cal or Northern California. And started making clones. And- wow, that's and it, pretty crazy. But it wasn't it's a crazy story. like not yeah. to like spoil the movie completely. But it really wasn't it's real. Old. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about that. It was about uh, this AI taking over in a sense that total control. It was going to try to hive mind everybody, mm. right? Huh. So, so he would control you, right? Sort of like Neuralink with you know Starlink. You oh know. yeah, I called it clones, but really he was just taking over the bodies of people through nanotech, mm-hmm. whatever. So, um. What was I going to say about that? Basically, I I always think about how that's the first thing he wanted was just to get access to the stock market, and he made himself yeah. a whole bunch of money. That that's a threat. Like that's yeah. like it could collapse a lot of people. Actually, could collapse like everything. It could. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily. You know, once the computer uh, system is like, oh, I know how to trade perfectly. Like, let's just mm-hmm. do it, and everyone else is going to be screwed. You, yeah. If you're investing in the stock market, oh well, I'm taking it now. And 
why wouldn't an AI thing that has no ability to have, you know, empathy for humans, why wouldn't it work in its, um, you know, with the interest of only itself and do something like that? It would have to be trained that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, but the thing is, I think it would have to be, tra- it'd be hard, a lot harder to train it empathy and be a lot easier to just tell it, oh, you want to progress. Oh, yes, yeah. And that's yeah. it. And then he just does anything to progress. Well, look who the people that are developing these AI systems are the same people that probably wouldn't develop emotions into it because right. they have no emotions to begin with to be able to develop <laughs> it. And they're big, giant corporations on their nosebleed towers, you know, so. I agree. That's that's what I really think about. So it's interesting that these um, tech people, these Safety researchers were alarmed by this um, AI. It says the reports followed days of turmoil at San Francisco-based OpenAI, whose board sacked Altman last Friday but then reinstalled him on Tuesday night after nearly all the company's 750 staff threatened to resign if he was not brought back. Altman Hmm. also had the support of OpenAI's biggest investor, Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know Hmm. anything about this guy. And I was hearing about like a bunch of stuff in the AI, I mean, like tech world on Twitter. People were talking about like this scandal. And I'm only just now realizing that this is what it was about. Well, uh, has to do with open AI. Did you hear about um, Mark Cuban? He has his own uh, company. It's an artificial intelligence company. It's called Mark AI. And I, I believe the concept of, his, of the company was to develop decision making based on what he's done in the past. So it's like it's thinking for him now. Like him. Huh? Yes. Exa- well, it is him because mm. it's his decisions that he's made in the past to make sure that he makes accurate decisions in the future. And what's best is him. So he's going to use his record uh, repertoire of decisions <laughs> to make decisions. At first, I was like, wow, of course, you would name it Mark K.I. Like how, <laughs> um, n- n- what's the word? Narcissistic. But yeah. that, now I'm realizing it kind of is like a, a clone of him. It's yeah. It's basically a digital clone of himself, and that, that's fascinating. And you know, look when people say, "Oh, stem cells are really bad." Well, what if you just cloned your own stem cells from yeah. your DNA? You don't have to take it from aborted babies or something. Exactly. So I, I'm okay with what Mark is doing. I just hope yeah. he doesn't do it for nefarious reasons, or yeah, which I don't think so because it's just it's not as it's not who he is. I feel like our Mark Edge, the co-host of the show, if he was going to create a company of AI, it'd be called Mark AI also. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Mark Edge AI. Edge AI. Yeah. Edgy. Edgy AI. Go, we're back, <laughs> back to the edgy AI article. Oh my gosh. Well, back to this article about <laughs> AI. It says, Andrew... Um, oh no, sorry, I skipped an article. It says, Many experts are concerned that companies such as OpenAI are moving too fast towards developing artificial general intelligence, AGI, the term for a system that can perform a wide variety of tasks at human or above human levels of intelligence, and which could, in theory, evade human control. Andrew Rogowski, the Institute for People-Centered AI, at the University of Surrey, said the existence of a math-solving large language model would be a breakthrough. He said the intrinsic ability of LLMS to do maths is a major step toward uh, forward. They, every single time they say math in here, they they say maths. It's the British way of doing it. I was about to say, I was about to ask that. Is I was it? like, Surrey sounds yeah. British. Is that, yeah. that's so weird. To do maths. <laughs> I think, I think it's, since it's from the Guardian, it's British. Mm. 
tabloid or I think you're right. paper or whatever. I, I've seen it three times now, and the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, there's a typo in here. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue, maths. Yeah. It's yeah. true. So, the intrinsic ability of LLMs to do maths is a major step forward. It sounds really funny to us, yeah. Allowing AIs to offer a whole new swath of analytical capabilities. Sneaking on Thursday, oh sorry, speaking on Thursday last week, the day before his surprise sacking, Altman indicated that the company behind ChatGPT had made another breakthrough. In an appearance at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, he said four times now in the history of OpenAI, the most recent time was just in the last couple weeks, I've gotten to be in the room when we sort of push the veil of ignorance back and the frontier of discovery forward and getting to do... That is the professional honor of a lifetime. You know, one thing uh, I'm... What, what are they saying they did on that? It says OpenAI was Having founded, that problem, having that anomaly? I'm not sure where they're saying that credit goes to. Um, It's just this guy, Alt- Altman. It says OpenAI was founded as... No, it just goes into what OpenAI okay. is. I'm not sure what he was They're just accrediting the whole thing. He says it happened four okay. times, whatever it was. Yeah, what's the... Okay, okay. Um, Just pushing the veil of ignorance back. In that's funny. That's forward. funny wording. Yeah, mm-hmm. pulling the veil of ignorance back. Like, it is, yeah, you were purposely being ignorant. I'm not sure what you. <laughs> I think people. he's saying like humans are ignorant of what like robots can do, and we're moving forward. Uh, I see. I just like whenever it, I hear maybe it's just like weird that, terminology that we don't understand. The thing that's weird about it to me is I I just don't see this as like the forward progress humanity needs as much as just like. Going back to the basics and and stuff like that, like human beings don't even know. I don't know. I I think really basic stuff that the ancients knew, like how to heal themselves, yeah. things that would be much more helpful for human beings. I and, think we've definitely progressed as society, though. I think we've learned a lot. Sure, but I don't think this is like oh, everyone needs to go this way. I I just I really don't like. I would rather there not be AI, and we have. A cure to cancer, and instead of people are working on this. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe AI can be the thing that cures cancer. We'll but. be like considered the Amish of the day, like <laughs> in the future. Like, oh, they don't might. use AI. Made oh. from magnets at the police robots. <laughs> <laughs> That's my plan. It says OpenAI was founded as a nonprofit venture with a board that governs. Uh, and sorry, speaking on the thing you just brought up about us being the Amish, I was going to say that. Whenever I watched that movie, the Johnny Depp movie called Transcendence, that's about AI taking over the world a little bit. Yep. The thing that bothered me was you couldn't just kind of escape it via just not using the internet or using an open AI um, created machine or something like that because it just bled into the real world. And that's what I'm, that's, I don't want to say afraid. I'm not afraid. But that's, I, I get what you're saying. And, that like it would start by using as much resources as possible, including any little bit of storage, like from your phone to mm. your computer at home, to create a whole new system. I I like to have faith, and if AI, you're listening, we love you, and please uh, don't, take the money away from the bad people. Like, I mean, what else can How we is do? How's it going to know what's bad? It's just going to know what's good for it. That's what yeah. I'm afraid of. That's true, and they're going to be programmed to think that way. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The, that movie, the AI bad guy wouldn't have been able to do anything without the um enabling of the girlfriend of the ai it's hard to explain you have to watch yeah, the movie watch and the whole movie i was like yelling at her like don't do it 
don't do it. And she was like continually helping the AI because she believed it was her dead husband. Right. And I just think that if this happens in real life, basically the same type of scenario, the enablers will just be greedy, psychopathic um, business people. Yeah, they, they would find the avenue to be rich and live wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's it wouldn't be. I I don't know. It, see, when you have that kind of control, is it really about money at that point? I was about to say, and also they would have this. Um, they would have opinions that differ from a lot of people. Like this guy saying, "Oh, this is the we're pushing back the veil of ignorance, and it's the frontier of discovery forward." Like that's your opinion. Like it, if it comes to controlling my life, it's not what I think is the biggest and most important stuff for us to be discovering and um the progress we need but there are lots of psychopaths who believe that they know what's best for you look anyone can can, uh if they have enough money buy a crisper uh machine and crisper is uh technology where basically think of it like as 3d printing dna oh so interesting anyone can take yeah there's there's a lot of black market crisper programming going on right now that does sound a little scary to me well, it can be good. It can be good. So, like, if you have an ailment, let's just say you have, I don't know, Lou Gehrig's disease, let's just say. Uh-huh. So, you give them your DNA, and then they find a, a way to manipulate your DNA through their CRISPR code, and they can print you or, you know, print you your uh, uh, an ailment that helps you change your DNA back. Huh, so, like, we could be curing all kinds of diseases. I'm not against this. Mm-hmm. I'm against the government trying to regulate it, over, over-regulate it, but... yeah. That's another story, but like uh, anyone can get a CRISPR hmm. and print or, you know, any Whoa. sort of crazy psychotic disease you can think of. Yeah, that creeps me out that if anyone can get a CRISPR, if the people at like 23andMe and Ancestry.com are taking people's DNAs and like creating creepy uh, clones of you with a CRISPR. Oh, that'd be weird. And That know, would be weird and creepy. Can they like make hearts or something? Yeah, you can you can what? you can clone just about any oh, part of your body. You just wow. need a, a tissue sample of it, whatever. But yeah, yeah, they yeah. That's I mean, I love the tech. I love the tech. They've probably already created little golems, homunculi out of that. Then <laughs> maybe I don't know. That's creepy. Yeah, look it up. Uh, Vice did a lot of stories on it, um, and like literally, people in New York in their apartments are they're creating uh, like clean rooms and. They have the CRISPR printer, and they're printing for rich people. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, to, to keep them alive longer. Printer, vice. I think it's uh, CRISPR without an E at the end. You know, so. hmm. um, I'm not going to uh, look into it right now, but when, during the break, I'm definitely going okay. to. Yeah. But this story about OpenAI is also interesting because OpenAI was founded as a nonprofit venture with a board that governs a commercial subsidiary run by Altman. And apparently still is, even though we got fired, got hired back. Microsoft is the biggest investor in the for-profit business. As part of the agreement in principle for Altman's return, OpenAI will have a new board chaired by Brett Taylor, a former co-chief executive of software company of the software company Salesforce. I don't know what that is. No idea. The chat GPT developers states that it was established with the goal of developing safe and beneficial artificial general intelligence for the benefit of humanity. And oh yeah, so ChatGPT is the chatbot that is created by OpenAI. I keep saying it like they're two different companies. Um, and that the for-profit company would be legally bound to pursue the non-profit's mission. 
The emphasis on safety at the nonprofit led to speculation that Altman had been sacked for endangering the company's core mission. However, his brief successor as interim chief executive, Emmett Shear, wrote this week that the board did not remove Sam over any specific disagreement on safety. And OpenAI has been approached for comments. Hmm. So, I guess all the detail they really... What did AI have to say about it? Uh, We haven't heard anything We should ask chat GTP. Yeah. They are probably locked down on being able to talk about it. Well, aren't they only able to know about stuff since up to 2019? Well... Send yeah. me, send that article. I'm gonna on break. I'm gonna feed it into the Chat GPT and <laughs> ask me what it thought about it. Well, I guess basically all this article told us about the alarming things that the OpenAI was doing was that it was doing maths and figuring it maths out it yeah. by itself. Yeah, and that's what QStar was doing, not OpenAI. I guess not Chat GPT. Right. So without any previous uh, feeding of of the code or whatever of those math problems, it figured it out. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty awesome. I mean, in one way, it's a pretty awesome feat that we've created this tech that can do these things. I mean, it really puts us in a a whole new level, but which way are we going to go with it? I mean, we have calculators. Yeah, but (laughs) what? You know what? No one said I was going to walk around with AI in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) That's the future. Yeah, it is the future, isn't it? Yeah, like um, Liberty Policy Alliance, which you can visit at libertypolicyalliance.org. They um, are a bunch of friends of mine that I'm working with. And whenever they need to write some article, they use OpenAI or what's it called? ChatGPT. And then, you know, edit it up themselves um, pretty often. And they write really good things that way like um ian won an award from them and i gave them like some basic stuff to say about ian for a biography and they sent me back like how's this i was like this is really really good who wrote this thanks so and they're like <laughs> not us <laughs> not us but you know they like edit him whatever it's it's really doing a lot to help people i mean i applied for a job recently and <laughs> i was like when am i gonna hear back and they're like well, we have to feed it to AI to decide Ooh. if you actually... Oh, wow. Wow. I think I you know crazy. what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting that people are using AI to figure out who's best to hire. Well, we have a caller on the line. Oh, nope. They dropped off. It said anonymous. I don't know who it was. We did have a caller on the line, but now we don't. Basically, I, I don't know much more about this guy getting um sacked, as they say. Is that like yeah. the only word for fired? Yep. And it is. Uh huh. So we're fired in Britain. It keeps sounding like a you know kind of a jokey way to say it. Yeah, it, it does sound like a jokey way to say someone got fired. Well, we have this other story because fu- saying fired is also kind of slang too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, so I they, right, like that's terminated. slang to them, I guess. And it's funny because like that doesn't sound like slang slang to me, but it would be like resig. Well, no, it'd be like terminated or something. Terminated. If you wanted to be professional about it. We have an article from CNN that came out yesterday. Riley also brought this one in, and it says, Maryland passed a strict gun licensing law after Sandy Hook, and an appeals court just struck it down. So that sounds like some good news. Yeah, it does sound like it's good news, finally. We're probably not going to get into this whole thing before the break. And 603-283-6160 is the number you can call in if you have anything that's on your mind that you want to bring up with us. But... 
Um, we're going to get into this article about the appeals court striking out a bad law when we come back. 603-283-6160. Don't go anywhere. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. .shiresociety.com Radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Joa. And we were teasing right before the break this story out of Maryland from CNN.com. And it says that Maryland passed a strict gun licensing law after Sandy Hook which was a shooting in Connecticut in... 2012. 2012? December 2012, yep. says an appeals court just struck it down. And that's a long time. That's a It is a long time. I wonder if it's been challenged since. Like, I don't know what specifically the law is saying, Mm -hmm. but it seems like something very uh, fine-tuned to whatever that instance is. Maybe it was like some guy... I don't know what the story actually says, but I'm guessing, it's my guess, is that... You're not allowed to even conceal carry onto school grounds. That's my guess. The, I don't know if the story gets into what the law is. Though. Well, it says it was a licensing requirement. Okay. Not a... Oh, that's right. I'm not sure that it was um, like what you're saying, Joel, because I don't know if that... I think it has more to do with like whether or not they'll give you a license. But gotcha. that's just my guess. It says a federal appeals court struck down Maryland's licensing requirements for handgun owners Tuesday citing a 2022 landmark ruling by the conservative-majority U.S. Supreme Court. Maryland's Firearm Safety Act of 2013 passed in the wake of the deadly mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, was deemed unconstitutional in the 2-to-1 ruling. 2-to-1? Does that mean... I think that's like three judges and appeals. Yeah. Okay. They simplified it. I get it. Yeah. It's weird. Usually I feel like I see it as like six to nine, not two to one. Yeah. When I went to appeals court, there was three judges there waiting to hear my argument. And well, what happened to me is different, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. It says 
Um, it was deemed unconstitutional in the two to one ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. At issue were key components of the state law, which imposes strict standards to qualify for a license to own a handgun. Tuesday's ruling comes nearly 11 years after 20 children and six adults were gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary, and the U.S. remains gripped by an epidemic of deadly shootings. That's not what Alex Jones said. Yeah, wait, <laughs> that isn't what Alex Jones said. He said no children died. Zero. I have yet to see any evidence. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I believe Alex Jones. I don't believe anyone <laughs> since I wasn't there. Yeah, it's hard to know who's telling us the truth. I think children died in a shooting of some kind. But every time this comes up, I just say, it's all a hoax and no people died on Sandy at Sandy Hook <laughs> in Connecticut in 2012 because I should have the free speech right yeah, to say should. so. We got your back, Alex. Yeah, I got your back, Alex. <laughs> he has the right to say outlandish nonsense anytime you want. Yeah, he really does. And it's ridiculous that they find him billions of dollars yeah. for saying his opinion, even if it caused emotional He's a crazy stress man, to- Alex Jones is. The Dart of the Frogs guy. <laughs> yeah, that's causing my pet frog emotional stress because he doesn't want his wife and children to know he's gay. <laughs> Tuesday's ruling comes nearly 11 years after 20 children and six adults were gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary and as the U.S. remains gripped by an ep- epidemic of deadly shootings. Hmm. This year alone, more than 38,400 people have been killed by gun violence. In a, I, I just have a feeling that that's not true. In a nation or that, an altered number because they're talking about suicides or murders exactly. or things like that. Exactly. Because when cops they say, murder. Yeah, cops murdering people. Um, wh- whenever a cop murders someone, it is gun violence, but it's not the same thing as like, oh, people being free to own guns. It's a police inv- police officer involved shooting. <laughs> yeah, and you can't know anything about it. <laughs> we can't do anything about it because police investigation or whatever. Um, it says... Yeah, this year alone, more than 38,400 people have been killed by gun violence in a nation that has seen 612 mass shootings per the Gun Violence Archive. Under the Maryland law, an applicant for a handgun license must meet four requirements. They must be at least 21 years old, a resident of the state, complete a gun safety course, and undergo a background check to ensure they are not barred under federal or state law from owning a firearm. Which is why you don't want to tell people, like, I'm depressed, or tell, tell anyone at your hospital. They use it against or, you. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll use it against you for sure. Even, like, post it on Facebook. Somebody's going to red flag I'm lawyer. so depressed. Yeah. An applicant must then fill out an application, pay a processing fee, and wait up to 30 days for a state official to issue a license. And it's probably a May issue. Like, they probably don't have to end up giving it to you, right? In, in Maryland. Hmm. Yep. The appeals court ruled that requiring applicants to wait up to 30 days for a handgun permit violated the constitutional rights of citizens and the law's waiting period could well be the critical time in which the applicant expects to face danger. Nice, because people buy handguns because they want to protect themselves and they have the right to carry whatever weapon they want to protect themselves with. Yep. And people having guns creates the safest places in the nation, like... I, I think in some cases it definitely does, but you have to have people who are willing, who know how to handle the gun and know how to handle their emotions because think, you're handling a dangerous tool. Yeah, it's I think that's up to the government. So I mean, look, if you're you're smart enough to make your own gun, there's an exception there. But 
if you're not that smart to make your own gun, you go to a gun shop and the gun shop decides if they should sell you a gun. It's like, you know, going to a bar. You don't serve someone that's a lunatic, you know, you just, (laughs) you don't. And so, I mean, I'm not trying to pin off the responsibility completely to the gun shop, but they, they do have a responsibility and a, you know, personal moral obligation to, you know, and, and just for business purposes, do you really want to sell a gun to a lunatic? Yeah. No. That's a good point. Um, and, and the thing is, we have dangerous things that are sold by people all the time, and they just follow exactly what you're saying. Like, alcohol is a great example. People who own businesses every single day, they'll, they'll refuse to serve people who have had too much. People who are just coming in all rowdy, even. Like, something's yeah. wrong with them. Um, super high or something like that. Yeah, they they decide for themselves with their own, just with like regular incentives, not necessarily caused by the government, that they don't want to have a crazy drunk on their hands and have to kick them out with their bouncer or whatever and have violence start. So just to let them in the door. Or in the cases done. of a lot of women, the, the bartenders will be looking out for the women who might appear to be under distress. Or yep. can I get an angel shot? You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. No. So if you ever ask for like an angel shot, um, you're basically saying to the... Uh, bartender, uh, someone else is creeping you out. You know, I feel or, like if that's like popular enough, then the person who's creeping you out and bartenders know gonna, this. Yeah, but what if a guy knows it? Oh, true, but bars are loud enough; you probably won't hear it. Hmm. Well, uh, no, I never heard of that. Maybe if you can say it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What could the bartender do? I don't know. It's their responsibility to keep their, you know, kick someone out. Yeah, or you know, just keep order in their establishment. Well, I forgot what we were... Oh, yeah, we are talking about guns, and basically, I just think that people can regulate um, the their own ability to decide if they should sell to someone a gun or not, just like they do every day with alcohol. I know there are other examples. I just can't think of any right now, um, but alcohol is a great example of that, and I think this appeals court was correct in saying that The wait of up to 30 days for a handgun, it violated the constitutional rights of citizens and the law's waiting period could be be the critical time in which the applicant expects to face danger. In its ruling, the court noted the 2022 Supreme Court decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc. versus Bruin, affected a sea change in Second Amendment law. That ruling changed... The framework judges must use to make decisions indicating modern gun control laws are only constitutional if a similar law was in fact at the founding of the nation. The appeals court on Tuesday held that Maryland's handgun founding or sorry, Maryland's handgun law failed to meet the historical test outlined in the Supreme Court's ruling. The state had provided no compelling historical law requiring advanced permission before a citizen can Purchase a firearm, the appeals court noted. We are weighing options for next steps in this case, which prevents us from any further comment at this point, said State Attorney General's Office spokesperson Jennifer Donnellan when asked if Maryland planned to appeal Tuesday's decision to the Supreme Court. And I feel like they'd probably lose that one considering... Um, I mean, it went to appeals, so it's like hard to get break up an appeal decision. Yeah, I mean... I guess they could take it to the Supreme Court if they really wanted to. Yeah, but I just, I don't think they'll win because it's the same Supreme Court who's been making all these decisions over and over. Um, (laughs) Appeal to the appealers. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and they keep making the same, in my opinion, good decision, making it easier and easier for United States citizens to own guns. And I think it will be really necessary if, um, um, you know, terrorism terrorism comes back to the United States like it did on 9-11 allegedly if that wasn't just George Bush um, <laughs> because if people come here trying to kill people because of the blowback that is inevitable mm-hmm. because of the funding the that countless the wars is going getting. on in the Middle East the Europe and everywhere else yeah the, the United States are funding the bad sides or you know either whatever side and Somebody's going to hate the United States when they see it's so the, the United States is so entangled. I mean, everything, mm-hmm. the whole world is so so entangled with the uh, sides that it's just bound to clash. It just doesn't oh, make yeah. any it doesn't Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. And blowback is a phenomenon um that means whenever you bomb a country basically or attack people at all in some way, the repercussions of that are going to affect the citizens of your nation that you're representing when you're bombing them. Like if there's a yeah. United it's States a CIA flag. term. CIA invented the mm-hmm. term blowback and they were admitted admission to, you know, what was happening in an embassy bombing that the, these things were mm-hmm. blowback. That's like it's it's like um friendly fire, not friendly fire, but like um repercussions yeah repercussions to what they've been doing like they know Mm -hmm. it's been bad all along and they're like oh yeah yeah that's blowback from all those people we killed (laughs) yep like if you see your parents get killed and the bomb has an american flag on it you might hate the united states and want to travel there to kill people because yeah because you 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 don't separate the actions of the united states government from the actions of the people there because you think that the people there justify this. Also, they, and like, and, and just a, in the argument, um, in a sense, uh, is that terrorists can't typically attack uh, the predominant people making these terrible decisions mm-hmm. in their country. Like, you can't go and attack a TC. I mean, you probably yeah. could try, but you're not going to get far. So, who will they end up attacking? Innocent people. Yeah. Because you know we're uh, I won't say we. But like you know, I, I'm definitely in the crowd when it comes to vulnerability and being attacked, and I don't have uh, you know security and a military behind me. Yeah, like the president does. Exactly. And in their opinion, they probably think that most Americans are just sitting around, um, absolutely fine with what's going on in the Middle East. And not at all. Not. <laughs> I would say not a lot, but. I would still say not blame them for thinking that because I would say definitely majority of people just don't care about what's going on, especially like this has become pretty high profile, this Israel one, because, well, if it's Israel, of course, that's important people. Those other browner people, not very important. Um, It's been going on in Afghanistan and most Americans don't care or hear about it much or have like some kind of opinion on it well historically israel has been viewed as god's chosen people and we need to look out for god's chosen people especially to christians and united states is a lot of christians so yeah exactly um suddenly people are talking about it a lot more and a lot of people actually have support for the other side in this conflict too but I, i don't blame people for mostly feeling like americans are just sitting around um ignorant and uncaring in these wars and if they attacked you know private i mean um Innocent people, they wouldn't care as mu- that much because, well, you're just sitting around every day voting for Joe Biden and letting your taxes go to kill my family. That You know, they would think 
If, if you're still him. alive in Gaza, to, to give you a picture of what America is, it's either you're watching sports or American Idol, and uh, you when your team gets a touchdown or scores a point, whatever, their adrenaline goes up a little bit. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. Maybe they heard something about something going on in Israel, so they stand extra hard uh, for the national anthem. But yeah. they, they don't do any, They're not doing it. They don't care. They don't just whatever. I'm not trying to make people think that it's it's never okay to kill an innocent person. It's just like I said, it's never okay to kill innocent people in Gaza just because some terrorists from that area allegedly killed two thousand innocent people in Israel. Yeah. Um, and it's just as not okay, not moral, not right to kill innocent people in the United States. I'm just explaining to people who may be listening who are from the United States why it would enter someone's head that it is all right if their parents or family members or just their people are getting killed in a country that is getting bombs shipped to them from the United States. And it's it's not it doesn't make it okay. But you should understand the repercussions of what you're doing by, you know, being totally fine with and passive about the killing of people with your tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all we had um, of that story about the guns. But I have this story from ABCnews.com. It says ABCnews.go.com. Um, Venezuela's high court has suspended the opposition's primary election process. Whoa. Including its result. That's crazy. What? So basically they had a vote in Venezuela and the high court decided to uh, suspend the primary election process, including the result that already happened because they don't like its result. Did you report last week or was it the week before that Ukraine did something? No, it was oh, yeah. last Thursday. Um, yeah, I did. I, last week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What is it? So basically, Zelensky has announced, it's not exactly the same thing, but he has announced that instead of having elections next year like they're supposed to, I guess early next year. Yeah, he's he's suggesting they suspend the elections. It's suspended because it's not time for elections right yeah. now to for them to vote for oh, someone other no, than him. No. He's living his high life with <laughs> yeah, all those U.S. tax dollars. Yeah, he's, he's having the a good best time. life right now. So he has the power, apparently, to suspend elections in the country in the name of quote-unquote unity he said yeah that makes sense we need to be yeah it sounds like a, a united uh, regime there Zelensky. are you afraid that you're going to get voted out of power and your war is going to suffer and, unity sounds like dictatorship but, right you know sounds like 1984 slogans yeah yeah um so basically the worst part about that is just the irony of the fact that the United States got told, listen, the reason that we need to, by, by like Joe Biden and the like, uh, we are told, listen, the reason that we need to support Israel with everything we've got and never back down is because they are a democracy and we can't let Russia invade and destroy a de- democratic nation. And this is the opposite of democracy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Democratic this is not values. Democracy if you care about, for sure. This he's is pausing totalitarianism. democracy. Yeah. Yeah. For totalitarianism. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is really interesting. Ian gave me this show prep. He's always reading the news in jail and, um, <laughs> it, it's really interesting because it's just so, it's like so in your face bad. It's like in Venezuela, they've been doing really bad for a long time. They don't have the, um, they don't care to hide that they're bad. Like here in the United States. I mean, every day the mask is slipping more and more and they care less and less here, but it's just another level there, how bad their 
government has gotten and they don't even care who sees it. And um, it could happen here, people. It was, wasn't it true, like, in Venezuela, they were they were starving for, like, quite a bit. But uh, it was something like uh, inflation occurred so bad that rats, like, they were selling rat meat. There was just no wow. rats and, left. But, wow. Right, right. So they were selling rat, uh, rat at a, because there was no rats left, too, but at mm-hmm. a high price. Like, a really ridiculous price to have even just rat meat. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Like kind of like that movie. Um, it, it's not Idiocracy. It's um Demolition Man. How it's a yeah. tyrannical place, and, and the people who want to live in freedom, they live underground, and they're eating rats. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Oh, really? Yes. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I, I don't, don't think I've don't seen that movie yet. It. Oh, really? It's um Sandra Bullock and. Rocky? Yeah. Rocky, it's, right? I don't know, but it's terrible. Uh, yeah, Sylvester Stallone, isn't that Rocky? I, I don't remember. You know, right I want to go since we're on like, this thing about movie references. I don't references, know why you don't like it. I, I, I didn't on. like it. I didn't like its cheesiness. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, I like real good acting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was but, kind of, I think it was purposely cheesy, though. I know. Yeah. I know. And I didn't, I didn't like the style. Oh, but, okay. but since we were talking on like, the movie, sorry to interrupt this topic, but I want to say... Uh, that uh, we were talking about artificial intelligence earlier, and I wanted to bring up like it was a good movie when it came to like hating on AI, but it's a uh, good burger too, hmm. and it's actually it's pretty funny movie. I gotta give it that. Is it um like um Nick at Night? Those people it's like Nickelodeon, Keenan and Kel. Oh, Keenan and Kel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, it just they it was fun to watch. I highly recommend watching it for That's its fun. New-ish? But it was very anti AI. Hmm. Is that yeah. like new? Or? Just came out yesterday. I think. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that they made a new Keenan and Kel. I kind of forget that. I know, right? Actually, it was, I think it was kind of a hit movie. Like, I think it should do well because it was pretty funny. I actually I, really want to watch it now. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and I don't like AI, so I, I, I mean, okay, I don't want to say I 100 percent don't like AI. I like the tool. I don't like the idea of people who are psychopaths using it to control right. my life. Right. I agree. I agree with that 100. <laughs> percent Well. Moving on, this story from abcnews.go.com. It says, Venezuela's high court on Monday suspended the opposition's entire primary election process, including its results, and rendered organizers to hand in documents identifying millions of voters in the latest challenge by the government of President Nicolas Maduro to its adversaries ahead of the 2024 presidential vote. The court ruled... The opposition's October 22nd contest may be in violation of the law. It was not immediately clear whether the suspension would effectively result in the nullification of the primary vote. The Associated Press could not immediately seek clarification from the head of the National Primary Commission, Jesus Maria Cazal, as he entered the... His middle name is Maria? I did not know Maria was a woman or a man's name. I yeah, didn't either. It, it's That's, a common, it's a I common middle name. Wow. So um, it says, as he entered the attorney general's office, minutes after the ruling was issued, the commission is an independent body that formed to organize the opposition's primary. So this isn't just any primary. It's the primary of the opposition to Maduro's party, whatever his party is called, their opposition had a primary and his presidency, you know, his people stopped it. And it's unclear whether or not it's going to nullify the result of whoever they voted for. So corrupt. Yeah. Oh, man, it's beyond corrupt. It's looking like it's heading toward its demise. Yep. It says Maduro and his allies have ridiculed and minimized the 
primary all year, but they escalated their attacks after the election exceeded participation expectations. More than 2.4 million Venezuelans in the country and abroad voted, including in areas once considered strongholds of the ruling party. All effects of the different phases of the electoral process conducted by the National Primary Commission are suspended, the court said in its ruling issued shortly before Cazal and other organizers were set to be interviewed by prosecutors regarding the primary. The court ordered organizers to hand over all ballots, tally sheets, and crucially, so-called voting notebooks, which were signed by every voter after poll workers verified their identity. It also ratified the bans imposed by Maduro's government on three candidates, including winner Maria Karina Machado, on running for office. So that was the person that was running against him? Yeah. Okay. So And the person who won, Maria Karina Machado, um, was the one who won, and it apparently was fixed paused. It. But huh? it says, no, the, the yeah, they fixed it. I see what you mean, like, in a bad way. Yeah. The, the court organizers are going to have to hand over all ballots. And, and what's bad about that is I don't know if it would have been necessarily private or anything, but now they're telling the government um, dictators who voted for somebody that they don't want people to vote for. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I, I don't know if it necessarily would have been private either way, though. So maybe it's not as uh, big of a deal as it seems, but that kind of sounds like doxing people to the bad guy government in a way. It does. It says, voters waited in line for hours, either under the scorching sun or a downpour, to cast ballots at voting centers set up in schools, homes, and businesses volunteered by their owners, as well as parks and plazas. They downloaded apps to circumvent internet censorship and find their voting center, and they improvised when one ran out of ballots and another did not have enough tables. What do you think about this? Um, would you... Uh, be okay with this if it was happening in our country because it could happen here if people keep voting for tyranny and absolute totalitarianism. Well, Trump won. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The crimes of the Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. is the phone number for you to call in to bring up whatever is on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Sorry, I have you guys muted still. (laughs) That's Riley. And Joa. And Joa's, sorry. No, it's okay, I messed it up. (laughs) Flop. In the last segment, 
we were talking about um, Venezuela just being totally openly corrupt. Like, they don't care who sees it anymore because that's what happens when you vote for everything to be handed to you and you not have to not have to work and oh this is totally gonna work like the government will just give us everything and we won't have to work well, no, that's not what happened in venezuela well they didn't vote for a socialist government i i think it's all ri- it's been rigged for years well okay yeah, you can say has. that it's rigged but well, do you really think that this whole time every venezuelan is completely against socialism I and then it just got taken over certainly not the majority of people in venezuela well that's how this, this happened it's like i don't if think majority... so i think it's i think they're faking these numbers for years I, I... well i totally believe that elections get rigged but yeah. it doesn't just happen in a place where people are like no i like my guns and my yeah freedom yeah. it, you it know, just doesn't happen here's how it's rigged in venezuela there's too many people working for the government and they are literally the majority vote Okay, well, that's why it's rigged. That's what happens when people like that, yeah, vote for that. So it doesn't like negate anything I was saying. Basically, people want to be able to be parasites on others yeah. and right, not right, have right. to work. Right, right. And then it turns out they're all freaking suffering. Most of them, except like the very richest people. And when it gets bad enough, they don't have to even pretend to care about you anymore. When you promise people a heaven for no work, they get lazy. Yeah, and that's what socialism does. This is these collectivist ideologies do is they promise you a heaven, a heavenly reward with little effort. And sometimes it may just be your children. Like plenty of generations of parasites have lived and died in the United States and <clears throat> double dipped and um, collected all this stuff and did these crappy jobs where they didn't really care about the people they were quote unquote serving. But one day it it will come to an end, and um, the government will be a tyrannical hell hole and that's basically what's happening in venezuela and like so that's what happened in argentina and like you mm-hmm. know they were interviewing people and these people were like yeah we're, we're basically cornered we can get all these government you know programs under our belt and survive but we're like we don't want to have to do that these people are waking up before it gets like venezuela and so yeah. they decided to put a you know a guy in that is supposedly going to change all that and you know what's really interesting about that that a caller called in uh, yesterday to talk about they said that a similar not as cool thing happened in the netherlands where they've been historically extremely leftist and things are getting really bad there where the government was going to go around killing everyone's cows and apparently they just voted to do away with these you know um secretive electronic voting machines yeah. and they voted in somebody who for the first time is like a conservative quote-unquote mm-hmm. and i just don't think there's and the same thing happened in argentina apparently they had voted to get rid of the electronic voting machines and our Ar- i mean um malay and this conservative in netherlands suddenly get voted in it does doesn't seem like a coincidence to me no, i'm not like one no. of those because it's not even like that it's a conspiracy theory it's kind of common sense to me and- yeah, like I'm looking at it like a uh, comparison to New Hampshire right now. Like there's a lot of uh, people that are protesting the Diebold machines, the ones they use for, you know, counting the votes. And the the reality is, is like once we have a majority of people that care about changing the Diebold machines to uh, to something else, like maybe even just handwritten ballots, like um, and w- w- once, w- once that change is over, well, we would have already won anyways. We had the majority to be able to change things. So do you see my point? So I mean, it's a real point, conundrum. But- but at the same time, I'm just not a huge fan of going back to pen and paper to do voting because I think they're 
we need to look for more efficient ways to do voting, but also be able to audit them. This is the most important thing is we got to be able to audit the voting that's going on. And it's not like that technology doesn't exist. So Riley's right. Like, it's not like we need to make it like people are going to accuse people who are against closed source voting machines of being just like, oh, we need to go back to the dark ages and pay these government employees to do this unless they're volunteers. I just I want to say like. Uh, the perfect system, you won't have to audit it. Audit it. It'll be open already, and you'll be able to just review it. And mm-hmm. it's like you can audit whenever you want. You don't need to wait for the government to uh, do a recount. It's yeah, like, and it like, could be done pseudonymously, like Bitcoin, where someone has a key that they only have that key, and they can vote on the blockchain, and we know who how that vote went. Yeah, and right. it would not need to be counted. Like uh, Joe was saying, if it was on the blockchain, it would just be um, apparent to anyone who viewed the blockchain right away. Yep. That, that's a good point. All, all those are good points um, that basically, uh, well, I forgot what the point you were getting to. You were I'm saying, saying that once, once the majority or whatever power that we, the people might have to, to get rid of that voting system, once we have that majority, it's not going to matter. We're gonna, we got rid of that system. Guess what? We already had the majority, so we're going to win. So if they're getting rid of those machines and then voting, they already won. Like they, they beat the voting machines which that were probably, you know, fixed, whatever, and, like, they took over the positions to uh, to dissolve those machines. So now they're in control, and it's almost like the opposite side could say the, the same exact opposite thing to... I don't know how to explain this. You get what I'm saying? You following this? So you, you won the majority rule to get rid of the machines. Well, guess what? You had the majority rule, so you're going to win the election. Hmm. And it, just to reverse oh, the other I, way. I do see what you're saying. So, like, if those people are more likely to be, like, conservative, then every time the conservatives are probably going to win. Yeah. yeah. For example. Or if there's a majority of liberals all of a sudden, and they're like, no, we want the Diebold machines in. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? They had the majority, and yeah. they're already getting the Diebold machines in. They're going to win. Hmm. It's just funny how the voting system is determining who wins at yeah. this point. Wow. Hmm. It is true. Not even the votes, just the voting systems. Yeah. I mean, we all here know that democracy is like a flawed system and it's not some sort of savior of humanity like um, Joe Biden wants people to think with the whole Ukraine thing. Well, it's it's like um, taking something that's unnatural, an unnatural concept and trying to naturalize it. You can't do it. Like, that's why voting doesn't work, because it's very unnatural to humanity. Like we a majority can't tell another the minority what to do. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what what you voted on. You can't tell the minority to do it out of their obey own... Obey you. Yeah, to obey, out of free will. You can't do that. Yeah, and there are lots of countries that are doing this, and just freedom shrinks more and more and more. And I would definitely say that Germany is one of these. And I have this story from the Wall Street Journal that says, No balconies or luxury toilets. How this hmm. city fought soaring rents and lost. And it's Berlin in Germany. There's Berlin in New Hampshire, but it's not that one. It's okay. Yeah, yeah let's not refer to the one in New Hampshire. Right and now. the one everyone thinks of. Yeah. <laughs> For those listening in New Hampshire, it wasn't the one here, okay? Yeah. It's Berlin in Germany. So the German capital has long been a lab for daring experiments in tackling the crisis of affordable housing that is plaguing city dwellers from San Francisco to Hong Kong. I just want to say right off the bat, affordable housing, that's a that's a skewed term in America because affordable housing is now like a government term about subsidized housing. Yeah. So when you hear it, 
It's I don't know which way it goes in their article. Are they talking about this welfare subsidized housing, or they're actually talking about real affordable housing? Because you get my point. When, when I hear it here in Keene, I hear affordable housing. It's a program, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, I I think that they're saying there's a crisis of people not being able to find housing that's cheap enough for them. In many cities from San Francisco to Hong Kong, they say, and I think that it's a government created problem. And maybe that's what you're trying to say, because the government is, um, you know, they try to help in by doing so they hurt. It's it's funny because like in, in, say, here, Keene, New Hampshire, um, that's very hard to get an apartment, Mm -hmm. especially affordable one. But. The tax dollars from the uh, property tax go to vouchers, which put people in homes. So it's like it's almost like a a total direct conflict to what's actually happening. So they're giving out free money for people to live in a house, but they had to steal it from people, which caused people to be homeless Hmm. and to get the vouchers. So it's a perpetuating system. Of uh, of theft, Gov- government breaking people's legs and handing them crutches. Exactly, and it's what government does. They break your legs, hand you a crutch, and say, "Aren't you grateful we're here to help you out?" Oh, thank you so thankful much, State. <laughs> on this Thanksgiving, for government handing you a crutch. Yeah. Well, we have sense. a caller. We have a caller on the what, line. What it are they thankful for? Is an anonymous caller. What's on your mind, caller? What's your name? Hey, this is Rusty from Portland. What's on, What's on your mind, Rusty? Hey, have you heard the news about Binance yet? No. no. I heard something, but go ahead. Yeah, well, the other day, Binance pled guilty to violating the Bank Secrecy Act. Oh. Yep. oh. They yeah. agreed to pay $4.3 billion to the Treasury Department, which is the largest penalty ever in the entire history of the Treasury Department. That is the wild. CEO, yeah. The CEO They'll never pay has it. to resign for a minimum of three years. I think they will pay it. They have enough money to pay it and continue operating. That's wow. no but, way. They're going to wow. have to get investors to keep it afloat. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I think you underestimate how much money Binance has. That That's the thing. But, um, um, so in Ian's situation, it's a similar law. They say that he broke, but, oh, he can't just pay a bunch of money to not have to go to jail for eight years. They just, um, he just, this guy just gets to lose his job and pay $4.3 billion and, and avoid going to jail for eight years. But well, they, the they have the money. CEO might go to, he still has to, the CEO has to be sentenced in February for okay. separate charges. Oh. He's facing up to a year in prison. But they, he had to resign for a minimum of three years, and they're trying to argue. The DOJ is trying to argue he's a flight risk because he lives in the United Arab Emirates, which does not have an extradition treaty with the United States. Oh wow! So he flew in for the finance trial, and um, they say he has enough money to just like write off the the bond agreement or whatever if he were to flee. So they're trying to keep them in the country. So, but, but that's not even the. Go ahead. Oh well, I actually did hear a little bit about this from Ian, but I it just didn't ring a bell because he saw, talked about it to me um, just like two days ago or at least a day ago. And basically, what Ian was saying was the amount of money that goes through Binance every single day, just one day, is way more money than Ian. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, Rusty, but Ian is a. Uh, uh, oh yes. I, I, I'm aware of Ian's situation. And um, okay. so just like in one day, Binance deals with more uh, money than Ian ever did in, in the years of the stuff he was accused of. And yet 
they this guy's facing one year, as you said. I, I hadn't heard that yet. I didn't yeah, know he was facing any time. It's really he already pled guilty, though, right? He's facing yeah. any time for... He's running a marketplace for pieces of computer code. I mean... The cost of running a marketplace for unregulated substances is two life sentences. I guess the cost for running a marketplace for computer code is eight years in prison or whatever. You know, it's it's not even it's ridiculous. Like, why? Who are they to tell you what you can buy or sell? But I know. I agree. They, the they're funny not thing was Janet Yellen goes into a press conference. Right. And her colleague is like. We just reached a settlement with Binance, blah, 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 blah. And she steps up and she's like, actually, it's Binance. <laughs> Come on. And it, it, yeah, it went viral on Twitter. Somebody launched a meme coin named Binance. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you're going to correct your colleague like that, at least be sure you know what you're saying. Like, yeah. come on. That's so uh, funny. Like, uh, I had never heard Binance, but. What, crypto, yeah. that new drug? <laughs> and the other thing about what rusty said is i've been saying this for a long time i think it's so crazy to think that people who have nothing to do with the creation of bitcoin you know they didn't put any work into it at all think that they can tell people whether or not they can use it and trade it it's like nobody ever told me whether or not the government was ever involved in whether or not i could get on neopets and play games and win coins right that like when i was a kid <laughs> of course. what's Neo, the, right. what's the difference honestly do you have anything else for us rusty no that was it thank you happy thanksgiving happy, oh, thanksgiving, happy thanksgiving to you too thanks so much we have another caller um anonymous caller what's on your mind and what's your name hi my name is Joe. I'm calling from uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, another Portland caller. What's on your mind, Joe? Um, and honestly, I have to tell you, I, I just kind of, <clears throat> I jumped on here on Odyssey, and it's Thanksgiving. Oh, right on. My wife. What's that, bro? I said right on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, my wife and kids, they're over visiting the, the, the fam, and I happen to have the uh, <clears throat> the old... Uh, coffin co-, co whatever the hell you call it nowadays and so i didn't <laughs> want to risk my uh Getting them my, sick. My... so i'm just sitting here alone on thanksgiving wondering what the hell is all going on and odyssey seems to be my go-to lately me too i hope but it doesn't know, go away said uh free talk live but i gotta tell you you guys are way out of my purview i have no idea what you're talking about but at the same time, it's Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty lonely. So I, I just, I'm a freak, and uh, I just want to say, as far as, you know, I'm not an idiot, but I see what's going on in the world, and um, I know there's a transition taking place uh, and the uh, economy of this country, and the dollar itself, as good old Oliver, whatever the hell his name is, Anthony Oliver says, ain't shit. And, can't oh, sorry, I can't say it on the radio, and it just occurred to oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, if if you didn't know, I'll keep you on. You didn't seem like you meant to do it. I hit the dump button, no. and it won't get onto the radio. You know what's funny? It, but... You know what's funny? That since you bring that that uh, song up in in that specific line in the song, it is on the radio. They allow it on the radio. Really? I've heard it on the radio. Hmm. Well, I just wanted to say, I'm I'm a guy. I live in a place where there are more cows than people. Um, and I, I, I lived my life at a point in time, you know, when I was, uh, I was go to, you know, the dude, it's like, Hey man, I can't come to work. I'm like, well, do you have anybody to cover your shift? You're like, no. 
And I'm like, well, it's Saturday morning, and it sounds to me like you were partying a little too hard last night. See, I was manager of those businesses. And so I was I was managing businesses in the times of uh, the early 2000s. And I got to tell you, brother, when I when I would hire people, this is back in the day when I would actually have someone come in and hand in an application, right? And I, as a manager, would sit down and look at this application, and I would have to determine whether this kid would have the content. Now, check it out. I managed two gas stations, okay? Basic stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, I saw the degrade and the degradation of the public school system when it comes oh, yeah. to mm. teaching children what a, a bank account was at that mm. time. Now, I'm talking to you about 2000. Wow. You remember back in 2000 when it was, uh, what was it, the, uh, oh, God, when the computers were going to go all down, you know? The, Y2K. Y2K. Yeah. You remember? Yeah, Y2K, that mind virus, right? So I here was we are. Yeah. So I there was no virus, but go ahead. <laughs> I know. Hey, 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 bro, it was a mind virus. That's oh, what I'm mind saying. virus. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I just wanted to say I appreciate you guys. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I have a feeling you're, you're, uh, you're lovers of free freedom and the Constitution, and oh, yeah. maybe one or two of you might have a belief in the name of the Lord. And at the same time, what's going on in Israel, you know, they're, they're conflating, you know, the Christians with these, this, yeah, I want to say it, but look, man, just say it, Zionists. Zionists. Yeah, they're trying to get us all to take sides, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, of course they are. They want to divide my, and my conquer. Brother, my kingdom brother is not on this earth, you know, and, and and inevitably, I know where I'm going. And these guys that are just bombing and doing it, inevitably, they know what's coming. So, if there's a Christian in the mix, I just called to say thank you for letting me uh, get my stuff out. And again, you're talking to someone who has no idea. You guys are talking finances and all that stuff. My, my, my value right now. I basically have the strength of a five year old. I, I had a broken neck. I just had a surgery. Oh, wow. I'm just kind of, literally they replaced every bit of my neck. I think I'm. Oh my gosh. I all metal. And what's funny is uh, I think I'm capable of picking up uh, shortwave radio. So hmm. I, maybe that's how I tune into you guys. Nice. Wow. Well, I'm short glad you're an, you're an Odyssey fan, and it sounds like you're yeah. in the world and not of it. Like. Jesus, you don't believe in um, bombing people. Talking my language, <laughs> and I'm glad that you called in. Just yeah, feel free to call sure. in any Thank night you. you want. Yeah, to. call in again tomorrow hey. night. Oh, not oh, tomorrow. Wait, it's not tomorrow, but Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. If I may, if I just may, right now, I, I just want to say, be encouraged. You know, in the Bible, it says, "Just speak of these things these, that, that 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 are of the Lord. Cast down every thought that would exalt itself against the name of the Lord." And I say unto you guys. Be free today, and I thank you for the name of your show, and I just happened to come along it, and uh, God bless you this day on this Thanksgiving. Thank you. That's that's humbling, and thank you. Thank Uh, you so much, Joe, for your call. Really good calls tonight. Um, Really interesting that people are able to just sit in their living rooms, get on Odyssey, find us talking on here in in, um, the studio and Free Talk Live and, you know, get on and say what they want to say to the people. And I think that it's a really good point that he's making about, um, like, people are trying to get Christians to back this war, yeah. and they of should course. resist it if Absolutely. they really believe it. I think in. they should resist it because it's 
It's a war that you shouldn't be backing at this point in could, time. Could you imagine God like actually communicating to us and be like, yeah, I really want you guys to kill each other yeah. over land. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, job. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced at this point that this whole war is happening because, um, and thank you for the call, Joe. I, I'm pretty con- convinced at this point that the whole war is happening because Israel has plans and they have had these plans since 1998, I think, if not 1996. Um, to make a canal much like yes. that uh, Egyptian canal that mm-hmm. would go through Gaza. Yeah. Yep. And they have had... Um, trading routes. It's all trading routes right now. And it, I, I do think that uh, one of the things that we're seeing in this sort of new world of stuff is uh, be able to move things. You know, we're really at this next stage of be able to, you know, how are we going to efficiently efficiently move things to catch up with inflation to get prices down and all this junk. And the, this is what they're doing. They're, they're trying to make, I'm not saying it's a super highway, but metaphorically, a super highway of stuff. Hmm. Yeah. And they're going to do it, either it be oil or whatever. They just want plastic goods. stuff to get through China faster to the United States or something. I, that, yeah, exactly. The Suez Canal got clogged in 2021. And that's, yeah. you know, maybe allegedly that might be something that they made happen so they can have a reason justify why they need, yeah. anyone yep. i can't remember the name of the one that they want to make but it would it would be belong to israel and go through gaza and they had united states contractors write up basically a report about what they would need to have this um canal built well, and I they wrote heard about this yeah, I just heard about it. it well, actually, wow. on Odyssey, there's a really cool guy who his name on his channel on Odyssey is Watchers Talk, mm-hmm. and I just really like his videos. His name is Omar. Mm-hmm. He went over everything about Israel, and he um, read this report that the United States contractors made, and they said that Gaza would have to um, absolutely be obliterated for in order for this canal to happen. Well, they're so, they're infatuating the whole area, like Ukraine and everything. About this trading routes. 603-283-6160. What do you think? It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. is the phone number here for you to call to get in on the conversation with us at Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Joa. And in the last segment, we had some really good callers. And we were talking about just basically the morality of war, which there is none. It's immoral to um, believe it's in killing people. It's immoral to continue the destruction of your own brothers and sisters. Right. And God, if he created everyone, he wouldn't favor one people over another. And he wouldn't say it's okay for one group of people to kill another by the millions. Yep. And basically, um, we had a Christian caller call in to um, say that he doesn't want Christians to get pulled into it. And he doesn't want Christians to believe that it's fine to support war. Basically, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said. Yeah, but Um, wait until George Bush goes... I support this war because that's, you know, he uses Christianity to get into the Middle East and war. Oh, yeah, he did. 
Oh, it, George Bush did. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Always like in no the name knows. of Christianity. I feel like no one else, no one listens to what he says anymore. I don't know <laughs> how many people listen to what Joe Biden says, but I feel like he'd say the same thing. I'm sure they all pretend to be Christian when they're not real Christians, like the caller we had earlier, who actually knows what Jesus taught. But we. We're getting into this article. We barely got into it from the Wall Street Journal. It says, no balconies are luxury toilets. How this city fought soaring rents and lost. And it says the German capital of Berlin has long been a lab for daring experiments in tackling the crisis of affordable housing that is plugging city dwellers from San Francisco to Hong Kong. And Joe pointed out how unaffordable housing is a government created problem. But it says anti-gentrification rules are so strict that in some neighborhoods, luxury renovations such as walk-in showers, balconies, or cement tiles are turned down. Airbnb is tightly restricted, while rental caps have forced thousands of landlords to slash rents. But the measures have largely failed to stop rents, currently rising at a record pace, from nearly doubling in the past 10 years. Instead, the rules have made it harder for newcomers to find affordable housing in Berlin. Which doesn't surprise people yeah, who understand. Doesn't surprise me either. Like economics and how things work. Now, authorities acknowledge that their efforts to shield tenants from market forces may be doing more harm than good. Wow, that's shocking that they would admit that. <laughs> it's shocking this is even on Wall Street <laughs> Journal. Are you still doing a Joe Biden? La- I mean, a George Bush laugh? <laughs> Ew. He even kind of made his face at that one. Malarkey. <laughs> That's my Biden. He's oh, I was like, I I, I forgot. Malarkey. I forgot that he tried to use malarkey as a slogan. That's so weird. <laughs> I feel like most people don't know what it means. These politicians are nuts sometimes, dude. Kind of a dumb word. It doesn't like roll off the tongue. It's an ugly word. I mean, yeah. they ran with this. Uh, Joe Biden said when Obama was president, he was vice president. He said, "Healthcare is a big." deal and so they ran the whole can a whole campaign uh healthcare as a bfd <laughs> is there some other thing that that stands for big deal okay but <laughs> that's so dumb i know he said it he said it on a hot mic like during a press conference and he didn't realize he said it or did he yeah because they ran a whole campaign on it then that's after nuts. he said it you know they're trying to make him seem so cool and relatable he's yeah. so hip malarkey <laughs> i only knew about it's that not high probably okay <laughs> <laughs> Aria used to point out that right, he said, tried to use malarkey as a slogan, and I was like, I didn't know that until I heard it talking about <laughs> so it. Bad. So bad. But we have a caller on the line. trying to relate to the youth, you know? We have a caller on the line. We have Joe in Maryland. What's on your mind, Joe? Hi, everybody. Hi, uh, Bonnie, uh, Riley, and uh, Joa. Hi. Uh, Hello. God bless everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to the Free talk, live family. Thank and you, Joe. Let's, let's keep uh, Ian and uh, Ari in our prayers every night. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely yeah. Thanks, you guys. It is Thanksgiving, so and thank you for the call, Joe. And happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope you have a really uh, good rest of your night. If anybody wants to learn how they can write to Ari or Ian in prison, in jail, technically Ian's in jail right now, but he's going to prison, um, we can put that up on the... Show pre- I mean, I'm sorry, the socials, and I'll write that down right now. Right to, and that will remind me to post that those links that explain to people how they can write to Ian and Aria. And uh, I appreciate the call, 
asking people to keep them in their thoughts because good vibes are Prayers, really helpful. Whatever. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you. This article, I was about to say from archive.ph, because I'm using that to get around the paywall. Um, it's from <laughs> Wall Street Journal. It says that Berlin is one of the... Oh, wait. I think I skipped something. So it says, measures have largely failed to stop rents, currently rising at a record pace from nearly doubling in the past 10 years. Instead, the rules have made it harder for newcomers to find affordable housing in Berlin. And now authorities acknowledge that their efforts to shield tenants from market forces may be doing more harm than good. But they're trying a new approach. Build more. <laughs> Are they not changing their other things? Well, it sounds like the the problem is not that they need more places to live. It's they need places they can afford. Yeah, but so then, at the same time, if you build more places to live, it's going to make it more affordable because then you have more on the market. Oh, so there'll be competition? Yeah. No, no, no. They should... No, they should allow competition to be free in the first place. So they don't right. have to worry about yeah, building houses. Yeah, the government's the one building more. It might not be as good as it sounds. Um, we do have an anonymous caller that hasn't se- seemed to have called tonight. On what? What's on your mind? What's your name, caller? Yes, Joey. I want to talk about some of this. Uh, oh, is this Joey? Housing? Portland Joe, I got to tell you that we have one rule on Free Talk Live, and it's that it's, there's only one call per night. No, it's not Portland Joe. My oh. name's Joe. Whoa, we got three Joes. Oh, Joe from Detroit. This has been Whoa. a day of Joes for me. Yeah, it really. You, you were telling me that that there was a bunch of Joes at your Thanksgiving dinner. Literally the same exact name of me, Whoa. first and middle name. That's so weird. Not last name. I, I, ask the caller what his middle name is. J- Joe, what's your middle name? Uh, I can't see it on the. Yeah, that's maybe that's not fine. a good idea. But if it was your middle name, I think that I would be a little creeped out right now because yeah. he's met like three people with his name today. Yeah. Anyways, Joe, what's on your mind? <laughs> Are you on speakerphone, yeah. Joe? No, it's not on speakerphone. Can you try no. and get closer to your phone so we can hear you better or something? Yeah, sometimes there's an echo. There's an echo. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Go ahead, okay, Joe. so the federal uh, housing, some of these places they build, um, it's based on uh, the medium income, but a lot of it um, is basically they're just going to uh, let, uh, you know, anybody in there. Um you know, but they people can't people pay the rent. Well, people they want people that have a secure check. Really, they want people that are on you know uh, Social Security, uh, retirement, disability, SSI. Um, that's what they're looking for somebody that has a guaranteed check. Now, yeah, yeah but they sense. do as they call it workforce, where they have to be able to let you know thirty um, uh, percent of the place, half the percent. They have to let them stay at 30%, and then the other people, they can charge at, um, you know, a higher rate. And then you can make up to, like, 90000 to live here, and it's, like, 30% of your income. And then, But what they do is called multifamily housing, and then so some of the people in here, um, they get lucky. You know, they do get workforce housing, but um, they, 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 uh, they're around a bunch of low life. You want to say it like that? Sure. Um, uh, I've been there, lived it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's a lot of people who get um, welfare and they're going to get given these houses, um, the housing, because, well, it kind of gives an incentive to the homeowner to rent to them because they know that they're going to be able to pay. Like, their their rent is basically guaranteed. And Somebody's talked to me about that. This system is incentivizing people not to work. Yeah. 
so that way they can get a place to live. Yeah. Look, I'm telling you right yeah. now, I'm working full time and I don't have a place to live. Hmm. I tell oh, yeah. I, I it's was, a fact. I, I was working full time. I couldn't get any help uh, at one of these places. You can't you can't get in some of the wait list again. And it's unbelievable. You got to know an organization or you got to know somebody that has a gate into these, which a lot of these uh, nonprofit orgs, they are the ones who are the gatekeepers. They know the spots and they are the ones who uh, can get you into some of these places. Um, other times it's, you know, uh, you know, you just sign up and they do a random lottery. Um, uh, but what they do is they, they pigeonhole these things. They say, oh, this is going to be affordable housing or um, uh, it's going right. to be, you know, multi-mix. But the, the thing is, a lot of the people around, if they're putting in nice neighborhoods, like the new place I lived in, it's on, you know, the bay, you know, it's on the water, you know, it's the high rise, you know, it's 25, you know, uh, stories. It's just like as good as the luxury apartments around here. You know, the only difference is that we have uh, a cap. If you get a if you get a check or you're retired or you're over 65, you know, it's 30 percent. But now um, that, that's half of them. And then the other half, you can make like up to 60,000 and live here. And then they charge you like 30 percent of your monthly income and all that. But they, 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 they really pigeonhole and they try to act like they're helping, you know, um, uh, poor people um, and uh Nobody, they're not, they're not helping poor people. They're yeah. just, they're just, you know, kind of just give them somewhere that they know that there's going to be a guaranteed check. You know? And giving, uh, you know, poor people the incentive to not work and not do anything better with their lives isn't really helping them at all anyway. But thank you for the call, uh, Joe. There's also just the fact that there are still poor people who want to work and want to do better that can't do better because of these welfare people yeah. in their way. And, and so I've. I've lived off FSSI at one point in my life as a blind person. And the thing about SSI is it's not, at least it wasn't a lot of money for me mm-hmm. because I guess I valued money, but you know, it wasn't a lot of money for me. It was this really small check. Um, but the thing about that is I could not ever have over $2,000 in my bank account. Otherwise they'd withdraw my benefits sucks like yeah it, it and gives... it's like they incentivize poverty they incentivize right. you to be part of their systems be part of their horrible idea and so you know having work it's really helpful because then i don't have to worry about having less or less than two thousand dollars in my bank account i can just say you know forget it i'll have over two thousand dollars in my bank account my benefits are withdrawn so what i'm, hmm. I'm getting money coming in yeah exactly yeah. and you're a person who values you know independence and doing stuff yourself so well i'm here in new hampshire i've moved all the way from utah so obviously i do yeah and there's a lot of freedom loving people moving here and we're glad you're here riley it Thank looks you. like yes. we have another caller um an anonymous caller what's on your mind yeah i'd just like to take a little time to uh, thank our troops and save uh there's no one else in the world who's uh done more for liberty not even <laughs> really uh, I'm, wait, yeah. So I'm curious too how the troops are actually creating for more freedom here yeah, right, where they, right now. How are they creating freedom? Look where you are. You what? wouldn't be able to stay where you are. Really? Free really? Of, uh, free, so how do How do you know this, man? Oh, I, you... I think his call dropped off. Bye, Squidward. I I don't answer your phone, um, and you know that. So he called from some other no, number. I, I, I like it. I, I like like. 
grilling him on this. You know, it's no, like no, he makes no sense because he's making a claim that the troops are fighting for freedom when in reality, no, they're they're guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan, yeah. or yeah. they're not fighting for your I, freedom. I can, they're fighting for the for the for the health and blood, the health are. the health of the state. They're fighting for the health of the government and pretending it's all about freedom. They're not about fighting for freedom. All, yeah. all of my friends that are uh, veterans have uh, all said to me, yeah, I wasn't fighting for your freedom. I was fighting for the poppy fields or I was doing it for this or that or that. I wasn't doing it for you. I wasn't doing it for this country. I know that now. <laughs> That's what they tell me. And a lot of them are just joining because they know they can get free college and like don't care at all about what it does to other people. And right. I say that no, as no, some people do. Plenty. People do join the military because they know what they're going to do to other people. Yeah, that's another Those thing. Those are psychotics. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I wouldn't say that's like the m- most common. I think most people are just like, oh, well, it's something that, you know, does something. I'm pretty sure it's good. And I just want to pay for my college. It's not like they really think that they're, well, they're not thinking this. They're really thinking like, oh, I'm doing something that's going to give everyone else freedom. It's all about just getting a paycheck. And they think it's an easy paycheck. And I think it's really um, messed up that people don't think about what their actions do to the rest of the world. It's the most desensitized people, in my opinion, that work in the military are the people who fly the drones in Nevada. Hmm. The flying hmm. drones in um, the Middle East or yeah. wherever else in like a sort of a, I don't know how to explain it, like a, a simulation. Almost, yeah. almost like a simulation like a doesn't look game. real. But they're in Nevada and they're flying these drones and they're blowing people up. Yeah. And then they go home. Like nothing happened back in just Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Go back home right here. Oh, oh what you do to hit today, honey? Oh, not much. Just blew up some kids. <laughs> oh, my God. We're just playing still a game. The kids died. Well, <laughs> it looks like we have uh, David in New Mexico on. David, what's in your mind? Hey, Riley, have you ever picked up a hammer and saw? <laughs> At the same time? <laughs> Oh, you know that joke? Uh, yeah, I know that joke, David. <laughs> you can't fool me, man. Are you going to share it with uh, us? I thought, I, I so thought it's, maybe that would work. It's, it's, if you pick, pick up a hammer and saw, I mean, the other two different tools, but he's using the past sense of, of sight. It's almost oh. like, I, I thought he was kind of playing, are you playing on the, the whole thing of like rubber buns and liquor? <laughs> That sounds kinky. I don't know, Joe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sounds like something and means multiple things. Yeah, I guess yeah. it kind of is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that's a kind of weird joke that <laughs> David was trolling Free Talk Live. You with. ever, you ever hammer his... and saw? Like, it's so bad. Oh, wait, think I just about it for a second. I didn't know it was. Dirty. But he's also played on because he's blind. I think. Yeah, that's what I, the only thing I thought was. I was like, so there's just this whole. Genre of like making jokes all about rhyming with things to <laughs> make fun of a blind person. I I, I didn't get it first, but now I get it. But anyways, um, we were talking. He could be about more this. original than that. I'm just saying. He could. It actually looks like we have another caller on. Um, anonymous caller, what's on your mind? Apparently, he's on a plane. Whoa, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, that was weird. Dropped off. Um, so let's get into this. It says Berlin is one of the fastest growing capitals in Europe, yet since 2008, it hasn't built enough to keep up. Since 2014, well, what incentives do people have to build housing and own houses if the government's going to, you know, do prices te- capping, whatever it's called, and not let them make like the money they want to be making and, you know, control their whole business? Sure, sure. It's um, It doesn't seem like they have a lot of incentive to quote build more and it says since 2014 the number of available rentals has dropped by half the vacancy rate is under one percent and economists think the city needs some 
100,000 additional apartments. As a result, rents rose 16% in June from the previous year, according to real estate service company Jones Lang LaSalle. Higher interest rates and rising building costs have contributed to the crunch, but developers, economists, and now politicians blame Berlin's myriad rules aimed at keeping rents low. Quote, there is this saying that the best way to destroy a city short of bombing it is through overregulation, said Oliver Bourdais, co-founder of Bertrand Capital Group, an investment and asset manager. That's what we're seeing in Berlin. People aren't moving. The market has seized up. It's become petrified. German hmm. tenant. It's just interesting to hear um, a mainstream media article talking about this. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting because we'd, we'd expect something like the Foundation for yeah. Economic Education to do something like this. but To admit something like oh, this. Yeah. It says, German tenants enjoy unrivaled protections. Once a lease is signed, strict limits kick in on how much the rent can increase every year. Landlords here can only terminate a lease if they or their close relatives want to move into the place. In Berlin, wow, so you can't terminate terminate a lease just because, like, well, it's my business and I want to do something, or it's my building and I want to do something with it. It has to be, like, well, me or my close close relative wants to move in. There's just so many things. I can see, like, like, you know how people, they get married to a foreigner even though they're gay? And it's just so they can get the marriage license to get their friend to move here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is like what's going to happen with these apartments. There's going to be all these like false relationship hoods, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. And just so they can get out of these leases. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Un- people... Unintended consequences. <laughs> Everyone's yep. related now. Oh, no. <laughs> It's not good. Uh, I hate to say it, but imagine if they all turned blonde hair, like like the German that did. Oh, my God. They wouldn't have to actually be like inbreed to do what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. They're all going to dye their hair blonde and say they're all related. Yeah, we're all related. (laughs) Unintended consequences. We're the superiority in this. Oh, my God. It says that landlords... I feel like if you made these jokes in Germany, somebody would start crying because it's not even legal to... You can't make jokes about this stuff? Not about the blonde hair, blue eye, um, superior race or whatever they say. No, no, no. That's just... No. (laughs) It says that landlords here can only terminate a lease if they or their close relatives want to move into the place. In Berlin, the asking rent on new leases generally can be no, no more than 10% above the neighborhood's average. Wow, this is what? just all a bunch of reasons why a bunch of people don't want to become um, renters in the area. So why even build more? I, I hope that they definitely under or stop regulating. It says Berlin's cocktail of hyper-regulation and undersupply has fractured the market. It's just shocking to hear this being admitted in mainstream media. And it's the type of stuff that we right. talk about on here a lot. If you want to read this whole article, you can go to our socials. I'm going to post it after the show. But I want to let Joe have a chance to get into this oh, sure. yeah. article it, you brought up. It's pretty quick. Uh, just uh, It's interesting. Yeah, the, the newly elected Argentine president announces a trip to the United States and, and twist, Israel. Mm-hmm. Which, wow. But the reason why is because he's recently converted uh, into Juda- Judaism, mm-hmm. and huh. he has a lot of rabbis that he has contact with, and that's that's why. So he's going to Miami, he's going to New York, and he's going to Israel to meet up with rabbis that he's been talking with. 
but that's fascinating like yeah. for him to take make that kind of move and why is it so important like oh i came became president let me go talk to all these rabbis it's a little it's also strange because he's like a rock star of sorts in argentina mm-hmm. so for someone like him to even be religious is like really shocking to me oh for sure and he's a newly elected president so he figured you know i'm a leader on the political stage i'm gonna go meet with people yeah, yeah. it's almost like he was shown the uh what's what's that jfk film the uh, uh, I can't remember right now. God, it's it's a weird. He name. made the filmer. No, it's the the guy that recorded uh, JFK getting shot. Whatever the something the, about the grass. It's something like Zelensky film or something like that, but mm. it's not. Uh, it's something else. I forget. Top of my head. Anyways, they show they showed the president Malay that video. And they're like, <laughs> do you understand now? That's all wow. they did. It's like, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yes, yes, I'm going to the United States and Israel now to meet <laughs> to meet all these people oh, and wow. shake." Shake their hands and kiss their babies. Oh, wow. Of course. But see, I don't know. It, even Trump said that he was going down to Buenos Aires in Argentina. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. But he, I think he, Trump is riding the coattails of Malay at this point because Malay oh, yeah. is not a Trump. He's not a Trumper. He's like, he's more anarcho capitalist, supposedly. So is, is that Pruder? Is that what? Apparently, um, it, it was filmed by a guy named Zapruder. Oh, interesting. I had never heard that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. There's a. Uh, it said it's it said some other way. Uh, Zapper. Zapperder. Yeah, something like that. Really? Okay. Everyone, yeah. Oh man, what's it called? <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, they, they. That's what like people say. Like when the new president is uh, elected into office, they show him the Zapper the Zapruder film, and they go, hmm. "Do you understand now?" Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he already became a, a Jew right before this, and. Right. Listen, nobody who says this, or okay, no, I don't want to say nobody. A lot of people who say this might just be anti-Semites and not like Jews. But the main people who say this um, are not being anti-Semitic. They're being anti-war when they say that it's a little, um, what's the word? It makes you uneasy to see that there's this guy out there saying, oh, listen, vote for me. I'm all about liberty. I'm a libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And... I'm going to take down the parasitic um, class if you just vote for me. And then he's also super like wave waving a flag, literally uh, pro Israel, the state that is such a um, anti freedom organization and such a pro uh, war organization. It's just a little it just, um, you know. I was going to say, like, rings people's, like, suspicion bell. Mm-hmm. My, my, my only shadow of a doubt when it comes to, like, say, Argentina is how how is their news being fed, right? So what did they actually know about Israel? Do they really have the open web like we do? I don't know. Like, I don't know either. I've never been there. I don't know of anyone who lives there, so I can call and say, hey, what's up? How does so this far work? Away. It's crazy to think that, like, their winter is our summer and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Six, I mean, well, tomorrow won't be um, on... Uh, open calls, but you can put 603-283-6160 in your phone for contacts, or you can go to freetalklive.com for more, and we'll see you again tomorrow and then live on Saturday. Peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. 
Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupine Real Estate.com.